Lions fans. This is the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now... The only two guys laughing when they tell a joke, Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi ho Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 445, Funny Bone Edition. The Detroit Lions knives are sharp. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and elbowless, no elbowed friend, uh, co-host Jeff, the Riz Risden. How you doing? <laughs> I am not dancing. Singing the intro song anymore, let me tell you that much. <laughs> I uh, just whacked my elbow really hard on my desk. It's not feeling good, so we're off to a great start. <laughs> it was like, I could see it in the background, and he was dancing away, and it was like, whack! <laughs> Jeff was in immediate pain. And then I laughed my way through the song. Good stuff, good stuff. Oh, good times, good times. <laughs> got a good show today. We're going to review the Giants game. If you didn't know, we won. We got the playoffs. What? The playoffs? We're going to talk about that. We're going to take a look at that and uh, see what things look like for us. We're also going to talk about the idea of scouting a quarterback right now. <clears throat> Florida. We're going to look ahead to the Buffalo Bills Thanksgiving game and a whole lot more. We got a great show lined up. Riz, are you ready to go, my man? Thank you. Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. David Lipar. Lipper. I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm working with what I got here, and it's not a whole lot to work with. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. Had a donation come in just now. That's a thank you you heard for St. Jude. And uh, we are now, the the, the little banner Look here at that shows. number, Chris. It's not, it's not zero. No, no. We did, we started with the post game show. And uh, Dave Griffiths put, uh, from the Slack, he put a $2,500 bounty out there and said if anyone else matches that, he would match it again for another 2500 and then sandman shows up says i'll do it like all like in the first five minutes of the show is crazy 7500 bucks five thousand dollars is coming in and this is something for you those of you to think about because i i wasn't aware of this and this is something i need to look into um it's a dave's doing an appreciated stock donation so that five thousand is going to show up next week they have to do some some paperwork and some other stuff but that'll show up here um potentially by the end of the week on our little uh, thermometer of how much it's raised. So we're actually at $9,360.69 already. Dave, thank you. Sandman, thank you. Dave, that, that's awesome, Dave. Thanks so much, man. Floundericious did a, a match of 200. It was, it, you folks are awesome. We appreciate you. This is, this is the year we want to get this over, um, over $100,000 totally raised for St. Jude. And, and thanks to you guys. We're off to a great start. And anyone, you got a couple extra butts bucks it's a great way you know help out some kids help up some families it's that season where you want to do a little something extra it's this is a great way to do it uh, and don't forget on december 9th and 10th we've got our 24 hour uh live stream extravaganza that's gonna be crazy i shared a new idea we're gonna do with uh with jeff today and it's uh, it'll be fun <laughs> Uh, and then also our auction. It will begin on Black Friday. This Friday, we'll have an auction kickoff. We've got some jerseys. We've got a bunch of helmets. Uh, We've we got tickets. Uh, the Lions have donated tickets and parking. The whole thing. we got a lot of stuff that's coming up in the auction. So make sure to get your, uh, your head in the game. Uh, thank you, everybody. Thank you all. Um, 
Semi Scott, is this the St. Jude broadcast? No, we're doing that the 9th and 10th, but we're always happy to start a little bit early and accept a couple of donations to help those kids out. So the yeah. 9th and 10th is when we do it. And uh, so that's that. We'll, we'll keep going. Oh, I got to say this. stjude.org slash DLP. If you'd like to donate, stjude.org slash DLP. Tax deductible, the whole thing. So there you go. Thank you, everyone, for, for doing your thing on that. Uh, also, want to give out a big thank you and shout out to Todd Sane. Thank you so much for the subscribe. All right. Um, as we get started here, we'd like to see um, what do all of you, any Thanksgiving traditions? It could be Lions related. They can be something else. We're just interested. What kind of traditions do you guys have? Put them in the comments in the, in the chat here or in the comments after the show. Love to see what you guys have. We'll hit them on as we go on throughout the show. But uh, any yeah. Thanksgiving stuff you got going on, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pop on some of that. Do you have any, Chris, that you do? Like, being from Detroit, I assume that you grew up with the Lions being an integral part of your Thanksgiving. Always. Always the Lions. Um, I grew up, my house was not very sports-oriented. So, it, luckily, it was one of the only things on TV, so it was one of the times that it was guaranteed to be on the on the tube. But um, it, as, as I got in my teens, it was like, no, it's nothing but the Lions. <laughs> you know, nobody, I will wrestle somebody for the TV. Um, there's that. And it, it, it's the nice thing is, is we could travel. I had family out of state. We would go to see same state you're going to Ohio. And um, it was always on because it was, it was football was all throughout the, uh, the fam. So that was good. How about you, man? Anything that you do? Uh... We, uh, we just always, um, even though I grew up in the Cleveland area, most Thanksgivings, I was in Sandusky, Ohio, which is, it's not closer to Detroit than, than it is to Cleveland, but there's definitely a Detroit and Toledo pull to it. And, and like the TV stations came out of Toledo. Um, we could actually get um, a couple of the stations over air from Detroit when the wind was right. You know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was um, it? Channel 13 so, in Toledo? Uh, we Channel 11, WTOL yeah, was uh, the CBS is. station. Yep. yep. Yep, uh, we used to get that. So we would go there, and uh, my grandparents were not really football fans, but they always waited until after the game to have dinner, and I always appreciated that, even as a little yeah. kid. Yep, um, yep. We, we, we didn't eat until after Thanksgiving, and then we ate during the Cowboys game, and uh, a couple of my uncles were very anti-Dallas at the time, so they, they cheered against Dallas very actively, and – um, I come from a family that uh, knew how to drink, and uh, that, that, that's where I learned how to. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Floyd, Thanksgiving is our family reunion. We roll 50 to 100 deep every year in a cabin outside of Traverse oh, wow. City. That's a good time. Awesome. That's a good time out there. All right, let's get in some lines. We're going to talk about the Giants game. And um, I don't know if you know, we won that game, Riz. <laughs> we talked last week. Uh, one of the things that I said was this is a signature game, and this is one of those games that the Lions typically, when it's time to really show the progress, to really kind of put their their stake in the ground on, on progress, that they, they seem to trip. They seem to miss it, and they miss those opportunities. Not only did the opportunity present itself this week, but every other team in the North lost. This was the week to truly have that kind of signature game, and the Detroit Lions pulled it off. It says a lot about culture. It says a lot about this team and the direction that this rebuild is going, Jeff. You know, it's interesting. So, I, I as you know, Chris, I do a lot with the Giants media in the offseason, mostly draft-related, but they're, they're good guys. And I talked to a bunch of them last week, and they were all like, we don't like the matchup. Like, mm -hmm. I, I know the records are different, but we don't like the way we match up with you. 
And I kind of like, okay, you know, you guys are just being polite because you, you like me to be on your show. But um, it, <laughs> it turned out everything that they said and everything that the Lions fans said for reasons for optimism came to be like they couldn't run against us because because their offensive line was beat to hell. Um, and I do think that that has to be stated as an overlying cause for a lot of things. They were starting their version of Logan Stenberg at right guard. They were playing a practice squad call up at center and a practice squad call up for a practice squad call up at right tackle by the end of the game. <laughs> it's nice to have that on the other team. Yes. It's nice that that was not the Lions for once. And I feel zero sympathy or mercy for him. I feel empathy for him, but I don't feel any sympathy for him. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and the Lions took advantage of it. And then the other thing that they said, they were worried about our ability to cover guys man on man on the outside. And I, I was surprised and pleasantly like thrilled how much they respected Jeff Okuda and Jerry Jacobs as outside man corners. Yeah. They're like, our guys will not get open against you. Guess what happened? They did not get open against the Lions. No. Uh, and, and when they did, Jerry terminated plays right away. Will Harris terminated plays right away. You saw you saw really good play out of the cornerbacks once again, third week in a row. The the defense is rising up. They're making plays, and and it it was funny. It, it, it you know I, I talked to the, the the Giants wire editor Dan Benton. Uh, he's he's just like. You know, this game played out exactly the way I thought it would. I actually thought that you would run for more than what we did. And I said, well, you know, we, we got in the end zone three times with Jamal Williams. I'm pretty happy with that. <laughs> He's, you know, it, it was it, it was weird that the four that the team is now four and six had such a distinct advantage talent wise and personnel wise in key spots against a team that's seven and two. And I think that Chris, you and I have talked about it. It says a lot about the Lions and not I don't want to call it like rotten luck, but like they haven't had the ball bounce their way. Yeah. And New yeah. York had every ball bounce their way early on. That's why they were seven and two. Yeah, exactly. Not that they're not a good football team, but they got some breaks along the yep. way. The breaks that they just weren't happening for Detroit, whether it was, you know, a, a missed extra point here or, or something like that, or a takeaway that, that just magically wound up in a linebacker's arms. Like that didn't happen for Detroit. And that, that stuff's happening now. There's and that's two that's weeks nice, in a man. row where the opposing team at home is getting booed off the field. It's like this, this, I, I could get used to this. I like this. I mean, and if this is the thing, you know, Sam Man talks about, it makes a great point. When people look at a schedule and they see the Detroit Lions on the schedule, they do like we did with Jacksonville. They do like we, you know, like we do. So they're like, oh, yeah, that's a win. And they don't even think twice. They just check it as a win and move on down. And you see, and they buy their tickets, you know, because they're buying them ahead of the season. They get all jacked up to go. Yeah, this is going to be a win. And, and you see what happens. The Lions show up and wreck some people's afternoons. And, I, and I'm okay with that they've wrecked our many an afternoon for us it's i'm i'm so happy to see the shoe on the other foot um you know the the crying yeah. about refs in chicago hey you know so yeah, i've seen it before I've, I've seen the story eat it suck it up and go you gotta you, you gotta be able to overcome it that's what i'm always told so overcome it um to see you know what the, the ball bounced the right way see the players just stand up like they did in new york and and i mean we'll talk about it but like Kirby Joseph is a guy we'll, we'll talk about him specifically in a minute, but to have the same number of catches this year that, that Kenny Galladay has is just not something that you would expect to be a Lions stat. It's always the other way. And it feels so, so good. It feels it, so good. It's finally nice to be on the, uh, holding the hose instead of being the, the fire hydrant. 
You know, it's, it's sometimes it's <laughs> good to be the dog. Yeah. It, 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 you know, that, that, that stat, and John Neo from the Detroit News t- tweeted that out during the game. I wrote about it at Lineswire. It wound up getting an incredible on it. So thank you, John. I appreciate that. Uh, That's like, that just doesn't happen for Detroit. Like the guy that got away is awful. Like he's become one of the worst. There is a column in the works, not by me, by the way, by a national writer that I know and has done research with me with it. That will will posit that Kenny Galladay is the worst free agent signing in NFL history. <laughs> <laughs> you will see it soon. So good to be on this side of it. Um, hell of a Chicago. And, 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 oh, go ahead. We get we get Kirby Joseph out of it. Yeah, like he's the cop pick that we got for for letting Galladay. And, and by the way, same number of catches. I know everybody <laughs> everybody wants to give Brad Holmes a lot of credit for not resigning Kenny Galladay. That does have to go back. Bob Quinn and and Mike Disner deserve credit for rebuffing Galladay well before they were fired. The right. summer before the summer before was that 2019, 2020? Yeah. The, the summer before he left his last year in Detroit. They his Galladay's people really pushed hard for a new contract, and Quinn pushed back and Disner pushed back. So you know, I, I don't like to give them a lot of credit for a lot of things, but they do deserve credit there for for that. And then Holmes seeing the same thing and realizing I, this ain't worth it. Yep. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk about Matthew Stafford making Kenny Galladay. I think that's part of it, but I also think that he is a guy that got his money and got comfortable. Yep. And that's, you know, you, you can't ever really predict that because yep. I, I wouldn't, I don't know Kenny. Well, I've, I, I interviewed him pre-draft twice. Um, I had one interaction with him while he was with the Lions. So I don't really know him very well. I did not get the, the impression that he was going to be that kind of guy. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Anthony Berardi. Hello from Chicago. I'm a Lions fan and can't understand why the Chicago sports media, including YouTubers, still claim the Lions suck. It infuriates me and I just don't understand it. It's it's homerism a little bit. Uh, Chicago is a place that's very much in a weird way, like L.A. so about itself and full of itself. And um, L.A. has so many teams and so many opportunities that they can just ride whatever bandwagon at the moment is the hot one. Um, Chicago's got. Chicago's got a long slide ahead of it <laughs> in a lot of ways as a city, not just sports. So um, they're just watching. I mean, Packers fans are very much the same way. They don't know what it's like not to have a Hall of Fame quarterback. And as things start to crumble, it's an absolute freak out over there. You'll see that in Chicago. It's it's going to be a lot of a lot of that. Can I recommend not listening to 670? Turn it to uh, ESPN 1000. There you go. You'll, you'll do a little bit better for it. Same I, I live. I live. I I don't live in Detroit radio market. I actually live. I can get all the Chicago stations. I can get Milwaukee too from over there. Uh, and I do listen some, especially when I'm in the car. <laughs> Chicago media is pretty dang insufferable right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, watching Sandman slow lights highlighted how solid that coverage was to agree with uh, Riz's point. Absolutely. And his slow lights. I, I tell you, Sandman seven 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 three. That's three sevens. Is on the uh, is on the YouTube. I check it out. He's his slow lights are the best. And I tell you, for the first couple years. Um, that I was really focusing on learning about a lot of football. It was his slow lights that gave me some of the best opportunities to really study line play, uh, watching offensive and defensive lines and some of the nuances of what they're doing. It, at, at speed, it's hard to really catch a lot of that. Once you start slowing it down and seeing it and then seeing it at speed, it's a whole different 
ball of wax it's really really interesting stuff so uh, i recommend his stuff i want to get really quick redskins used to own the lions used to not anymore going back however many years y'all own us now hey jared thanks for joining the, the stream again this is something i think is important because the redskins what are they a six win team this year they have won is it four in a row like t- yeah. taylor heineke is again another guy who's better than carson wentz not that there's not many <laughs> that's an exclusive <laughs> club but you see what an you see what having faith in a quarterback can do for a franchise? Yeah. Like, th- they had no faith in Carson Wentz. It was pretty clear that they gave up on that already. We saw that in Detroit uh, when, when we played them. Yeah. That's a that's a pretty decent football team, and that win is looking better all the time now for Detroit. Yep. yep. Uh, and, and by the way, that I, it, it's weird. Washington's a last-place team, and they are two games ahead of us. Uh, that's – we're going to talk about the the playoffs and the potential, and that's that's something to keep in mind as we go through it. Like, we beat a team that's two games better than us, and we like it's going to take some going to get there because I think they're still going up. Honestly, um, yeah. somebody else has to fall. But yep, yep, yep. Um, way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Trevor asked who that uh, for the Redkins. I may have said that. Sorry, I, <laughs> I don't know if I did or if it came in a comment. I, it's just. I, 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 it's, it's, they're the, they're the, they are the commanders yes, now. I, yes we know that i just call them washington it's a lot easier for me that yeah, way. yeah. i I, st- I still want them to be the football team i liked that i yeah. thought it was cool yeah it was i liked that um i still mess up with the chargers too you know what I mean? you have something that's so many years is one thing and then it changes on you it's hard to go all right let's start talking about what happened i think one of the key uh pieces from the game uh, against the giants was shutting down saquon and i think all i don't want to say all the credit but a whole slop load of credit goes to aleem mcneil twinkle toes out there pff defensive player of the week aleem mcneil you are my hero uh, somebody cue the music because god what a beast he was out there i I loved it. I showed it, the picture of him and I from uh, training camp. He's such he's such a gentle giant. He's such a wonderful person and, great, and great human being. And then to go out there and just like, nom, nom, you know, just chewing off linemen is great. Love to see him having success. He's the guy we thought he was. It was so good. So as you know, Chris, and as people who are in the, the podcast, Patreon, Slack know, my favorite Lions player of recent vintage is Sean Rogers. I loved Sean Rogers, specifically the year where he was healthy and motivated. Um, that did that Denver game that he played where he ran back the interception is probably my favorite individual Lions performance ever. I saw a lot of Sean Rogers mm-hmm. at his mm-hmm. in his best mm-hmm. in Aleem McNeil this week. And that Maybe. made me extraordinarily happy because Aleem is one of my favorite players, not just on the Lions, but in the league right now. Yeah. And I know he hasn't shown up on the stat sheet. I get that. But he, he does do things well that don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet. But in that game, he loaded the stat sheet, baby. Ten pressures, three tackles for loss, all on Saquon. Uh, Saquon Barkley, by the way, in that game, I looked it up. Average first contact, one, or was it .2 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Yep. The Lions got to him before he got to the line of scrimmage on average. That is unbelievable. That and that's more than just a lean. That's that's Isaiah Bugs. That's Benito Jones. That's that's Hutch. That's Michael Brockers playing fairly well in limited reps for the first time we've seen him in a long time. That was Will Harris corner blitzing twice 
and ramming it, ramming it. It was good, man. Doing what? <laughs> you got yeah, a I little too excited. I, I, I had a family show. We're good. Uh, I, 15 carries, 22 yards. He had four yards on two carries, like two different carries. So that's what? That's 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 14 yards on his remaining 13 carries. That's yeah. that's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Don um, H. Kaminsky too. He was Kaminsky, he was yes, great yes, out there yes, as well. He, yes, he's Kaminsky, been great this great. year. He's a guy that stepped up. Uh, just just incredible. Love what John Kaminsky's been bringing. Oh, a hundred percent. And and he's another guy. Doesn't show up on the stat sheet all that often. He did block a kick. That was nice. Yes, yes. Uh, but but uh, he's a guy. You know the facilitator role. Every great pass rusher has the guy that does the little dirty work on the inside. John Kaminsky is ecstatic. He's thrilled to be that guy yeah. that sets it up because he knows that Hutch knows. He knows that Aaron Glenn knows. He knows that Todd Wash knows. And that's that's all the praise that he needs. Look, this is a guy, he had a rough go of it in, in Atlanta, man. And it, 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 this is his revitalization. I don't think he's going away. I, I think he's going to stick around for a while. I think he understands that the, the getting is really good where he's got it. Yep. Uh, he, he is a free agent after the season. I, I fully expect the Lions to prioritize bringing John Kaminsky back. And it's not going to be a guy that's going to break the bank. This is a guy that you pay you – know, Two years, eight million dollars. Most of it upfront and a guaranteed bonus. So it's all you swallow the you know the the python swallows the deer early, and then then you're you're good with it. But that that's he he he's been a great pickup, and don't think that Atlanta doesn't miss him. <laughs> python swallows the deer. Oh, Riz, I love your your turn of phrase. All right, all right. moving on. One other hit on uh, Kirby Joseph. Speaking of the Python, uh, from his first game, if you remember his first game, he came out to, in relief of Tracy so Walker. Bad. <laughs> it was it was it was rough. It was rough, and it we was. talked about it. We talked about it and said, "Look, he wasn't supposed to be on the field yet. He was supposed to be developing behind Tracy Walker. This poor kid is now, like last year, another rookie thrown into the mouths of the of the Lions um, to to have to perform because we didn't have anybody. And if you look at the trajectory he has, I mean, like I said, same number of catches as Galladay, and he's the guy we got for Galladay. I mean, and we didn't pay even nearly." what Galladay wanted for him there to be able to step up in that Tracy rock Walker role, be that ball Hawk. And, and I'm not knocking Walker here. I mean, if there's a knock on him, this is it, but he's catching the ball when it hits him in the hands. And that is spectacular. Absolutely loving what we're getting out of Kirby Joseph. Another of this youth movement. These, the, we are, we we're the youngest team in the NFL, aren't we? Is that true? Defense, defense we are offense. I think, I think Houston has passed us because they cut a couple of guys. Okay, okay. So one of the youngest teams in football, absolutely. Yeah. And here we are watching these guys like Jerry and Kirby and all of these guys just step up and bring it. And and Kirby is just an awesome success story. His trajectory is incredible. And man, I I, I love it. I love it. I want to see. I want. I want to see more and more. I want to just keep seeing what he's got because he's a special kind of cat. Yeah, once he learns how to play the run, he's going to be a special player. Uh, he's very good against the pass now. He's obviously got to get better at tackling. He knows that. Uh, that look, when when we saw him in training camp, we're like, okay, he'll be your covered specialist safety because he, like, even in even training camp, like he just was not a guy that that saw the run very well. And if you saw him try to tackle, uh, that was in the Bears game where he just flat out matadored. Uh, that that's going to happen. Like he's a rookie. 
like he's not done. Yeah. <laughs> he's getting better. He's going to get better at these things. And uh, the, 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 man, his, his instincts for when the ball gets into the air are great. You can work with that, man. And, and, and you know, he's making Deshaun Elliott better because you see Deshaun every week is getting a little bit better because he's, he's trusting the guy next to him a little bit more. Every time you're seeing Deshaun making more plays and, not playing as careful, which actually is a good thing at, at safety because he's, he's like unrestrained. Like I don't have to worry about the guy over here. I can just go do my thing and I'm good. And that, that that's, that's liberating, man. Uh, I remember for those of you who are Cleveland Browns fans back in the day, I remember uh, when they had Hanford Dixon and Frank Minifield as their cornerbacks. And I, I, I knew Thane Gash, who was their strong safety at the time. And he talked about like, I don't have to worry about the outside part of the field. I can just do what I do in the middle of the field. And it makes my job so much easier. Like knowing that I don't have to worry about these things. Yep. I can absolutely see that going on with Deshaun Elliott right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we are asked is Kirby Don Burr asks, is Kirby making Tracy Walker expendable? No, uh, he just signed no. a contract and, and and he'll be back as long as he can heal, which judging by what we're seeing with the, the the injury in the Lions, that's a healable injury. I mean, we're seeing some repeat, some repeat. I mean, Cam Akers broke the broke the mold on that injury. And now we're seeing all kinds of guys come back. Uh, I don't think he's expendable at all. Uh, and he's just going to be part of the part of the package. And, and him and Kirby and, and remember, this is a defense that's designed to have three safeties on the field instead of three corners. Yep. And. Tracy and Kirby can both be that the slot corner safety role. Um, they, they like having it bigger there. Now, Will Harris is doing fine at it. I, I'm not going to get struck down. <laughs> He's been good there. Like I'm, I'm, I'm I, I said it on, I said it on the huge show this week. I'm really, really happy with Will Harris as the slot corner as that kind of hybrid safety corner. They finally found a home for him yeah. where he can do what he does. Well, yep. Yep. I'm, 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 and look, it's never been personal with Will Harris would be. I just wanted him to be a better football player, and he wasn't. Now he's being that, and now now I can definitely appreciate the guy that I really happened to like off the field. Yeah, you uh, were you were wrestling so nice with that, that for so long. Your your love for him as a human and your frustration with him as a player, and uh, it was is palpable, right? But to see his success, the only thing I'd like to see as an evolution from him is less friendly fire. If I could see a little less friendly fire out of Will Harris, I'd be a super, he'd be my guy. I, I, I might even buy a jersey, actually. I, I might even buy, a, I've, I've turned on him enough that if 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 we could just kind of curb that friendly fire problem, I'd, I'd probably pick up a jersey. <laughs> that was a big issue. Again, yeah. that's why Okuda is not going to play this week. That That's why Jerry, Jerry left for like one series. Kirby had to leave for a play. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Oh man. Um, let me hit something really quick. This one came in and, um, this, this, I had this up here. Okay. Don H. Do you guys notice that the lions in both the seasons are under, under MCDC that they progress as they go through the season? Sounds like a certain team that has super bowl rings on both hands. Just saying, yeah, you know, this is something and we'll, we'll talk about what the chances are, what this looks like. Cause there may be some help in that way for the team this year as well. So we'll, we'll talk about that. There's, there's a lot coming on. Uh, let's, let's move on to Jeff Okuda. Jeff Okuda will start before we'll start with how many people were out on Jeff Okuda and just uh, injury, injury, injury. Oh, he's no good. He's a bust, bust, bust. And then he came in this year and he just 
beat the snot out of everybody he covered. And I mean, the, his play on the run has been just incredible. He has been a force out there on the field. Now, look, this injury he took, he's, he's going to be out this week. Uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like the protocol is just not going to be able to get out of it in time. Not because, right. you know, he's dizzy and falling over and having all kinds of problems. It's just the protocol. Um, I mean, we don't know where he is, right? But it's just the protocol isn't going to let him in, period, because you have to go a certain amount of time and through certain procedures and steps. So it looks like he's going to be out Thursday, friendly fire incident. That does not have anything to do with being injury prone or anything like that. This is not this is not a Jeff Okuda problem, and I will bet he's the first one, probably the angriest one about this right now. Yeah, and from what I understand, he was, in fact, diagnosed with a concussion, um, which means that you have – so the protocols – you have to have zero symptoms before you can go out and practice on a limited basis. If you're diagnosed with a concussion, he hasn't been at practice yet. So I know they're, they're just, they're just doing walkthroughs. They're just estimating it, but he has not been at it. So at this point, like if he wasn't, if he can't get on the field for that tomorrow, he wouldn't have played Sunday. So it doesn't necessarily matter that much that it's a Thursday game. Uh, You know, it's that, that, they do it to protect the players. I like it. It's, I know it's frustrating, but um, yeah. we, we have seen guys go with, like we saw like who was it? Was it Amonra that, that came through it or was it somebody else that, that came through? And then somebody else did too. Um, but we've had two players that got through the protocols throughout the week. Kirby was one of them. Actually, they got through the protocol yep. through the week and, and played. Um, there just isn't enough time. It usually takes five or six days to get through it. And, they're just having that time. They don't. They don't have that luxury this yeah, time. They don't have the time, and that's something. Look, I don't want to rush anybody back either, right? But the process shouldn't be an impediment to a healthy player from playing. We saw it with Amon Ra, Amon Ra earlier, right? Yes. He shook his head a little, and they took him off the field, and that hurts the team a great deal. That's the, and and that's that can be a little subjective. And that's, again, a little bit, it feels a thumb on your scale. A couple can be uh, one of those things, right? So you, you, you want to remove the subjectivity. You want the process not to be the problem. You want factual, realistic medical information to be driving it, if that makes sense. I, if, if there's something wrong with Jeff Okuda, I don't want him on the field. If he has a risk, I don't want him on the field, period, 100%. And him or any of the Lions players, just straight up. But... The, the process, I just want to make sure the process is 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 working and not hurting teams. Um, the subjective one that I talked about first is that's frustrating, right? That's that's something that's got to get cleaned up. I get the reaction to Tua. I get it. But whipsawing things like that and reaction knee jerk always leads to bad policy. And and it, whether it's, you know, government 100%. to sports to whatever, knee jerk reactions lead to bad policy. And that's we don't want bad policy here. 100%. And wait till the policy changes in the playoffs because they want their money, and that's going to make the that's going to make it a heck of a lot worse. Wait, wait till Patrick <laughs> Mahomes gets dinged yep. in their in their season finale where he shouldn't even be playing. I'm, I'm going way ahead here. Yes, I've been in the time machine, folks. This is going to happen. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes will get a concussion in the last week, and then they're going to have a bye, and they're going to they're still he's still not going to clear protocols until like right before the end, but and then they're going to make sure that he gets on the game. Yeah, so, so something like that yep. will happen. Yep. That's that's my my prognostication. Yep, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Do Lions look to extend the fifth year option, or do they take a four year ride and deal with it at the end of the year? I, I they're going to take the fifth on Okuda. I'm pretty sure of that Riz. You, they have to decide in March. I want it's either March or April. They ha, it, it's before the draft, and I think it's like right around when free agency starts. So the deadline. 
I can't fathom them not picking up his fifth year option. Um, and fifth year options get picked up. Some like they picked up Hawkinson's mm-hmm. doesn't mean that he's still going to be here for that all that amount of time. Um, it they, it yeah. should be. It's a good indication that it will be. But teams dupe that, uh, especially the high picks like that, like number three overall. You're dealing with cost containment at that point. Like yep. it's 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 actually cheaper and beneficial for you. This is happening with Lamar Jackson, by the way, in Baltimore. But can, can we talk about that for a quick second? Because I still get like every week there's people that are like, oh, we're going to go. Lamar Jackson ain't going anywhere, folks. The Ravens shouldn't pay him long term because it's cheaper to franchise tag him two years in a row and then sign him if he's still great in 2020 after the 2024 season ends in 2025. They they have He's not going anywhere They'd be stupid to sign him now because it's cheaper to give him $38 million next year and then 47 and a half the year after that. Because guess what? He's going to get 50 to 55 million per year, yep. guaranteed, all guaranteed. And, and as a free agent, they don't have to pay that much. I, I don't think that he's pushing for it either. Uh, I, from, from what I gather out of Baltimore, like the, the, nobody in Ravensland is stressed whatsoever. Like he will be there through at least the 2024 season. So all of you who are you know thinking about <laughs> Lamar Jackson, sorry, that ain't going to be on your Christmas tree. No, just no. Move on. All right. Ever since they announced the bronze statue of Barry was going up, the team has been winning. I was there for that. Thanks to say, man, that was a good time. Yeah. Um, bad game, but we've been winning ever since. That's for sure. All right. Let's get into uh, the Pepsi Rookie of the Week. You may have heard this name, the softest hands in the NFL, Aiden Hutchinson. Tell me that wasn't one of the most beautiful catches, much less interceptions that you've seen. His hands were like a pair of my pillows. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was soaked in palm olive. That was incredible. incredible. He looked like he looked like a tight end. He, it, it reminded me so much of Mike Vrabel when he played for the Chiefs and, and the Patriots when he would go out. And, and the Steelers actually did with the Steelers too. Like he would go out and he was their goal line tight end. I want to say that he caught 11 touchdowns in his career, something like that. Like it, it's, it's the same vibe, man. Yeah. And like Hutchinson's a better pass rusher than Vrabel was. Vrabel was a good player. He wasn't a great player, but he augmented it with his tight end skills, man. I would love to see Hutch get in on the goal line package. Cause you know, they're going to be like, Oh crap. 97, 97. Who's on 97. And then Brock, Brock Wright seats up the back door of the other side, and it's an easy touchdown because he's uncovered. Yep. Like, yep. Ben Johnson, make that happen, brother. <laughs> I want to say <laughs> something really quick about Aiden Hutchinson because people have spun this out of control, and it's it's silly. People are nuts. But I talked about uh, Aiden Hutchinson having baby fat. And I don't know what people, like, were, they like, he's got a six-pack, and they're all getting all grunty, grunty, and, you know, steam coming out of their ears. Kind of a thing. Look. I don't know if you realize the human body doesn't hit, hit its athletic peak until 25 years old. He's three years away from that. You show yourself a picture of his face in three years versus his face today. He's going to look different. He's going to look different. His body. Yeah, I know he's got a six pack. It's going to get tighter. It's going to get more muscular. You're going to see a substantial change in his body. Just because I said he has baby fat doesn't mean he's a chonker. So, so understand Every player that comes out of the draft has a pathway to their peak athletic 
condition. Aiden Hutchinson is going to hit. Hutchinson is going to do that. He's going to hit that. You can tell he's going to put in the work, and he's going to be that guy. When you see him at 25 years old and you compare him today, you're going to say, oh, God, Chris was right. You're right. I get it now. I see the difference. You can go back and look at other players, but calm down. I'm not saying he's a chonker, people. My, it's so touchy. So touchy, people out there. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jake, how did we get so off track to talk about men's tight bodies? I don't know, but it's 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 kind of nice to talk know. about. Brady Quinn, what? <laughs> All right, Aiden Hutchinson <laughs> just killed it this year. This uh, another tackle, uh, a couple tackles. He's got uh, two, two interceptions on the year. I mean, he's he's got two out of you know he's two thirds of the way to Kenny Galladay's intercept uh, reception rate. He is smoking it out there. I mean, my goodness, he's the first defensive end since Jared Allen, to whom he was often compared. And getting what is it, the amount of sacks and interceptions and fumble recoveries by a rookie. Um, only Jared Allen has done what what J- what Aiden Hutchinson has done through the first what is it ten games of his career. Yep. He and Kirby. That's pretty good company. He and Kirby are one catch away from doubling Galladay's production. <laughs> I'm, I'm just dragging. And it could happen this weekend Galladay. because, like like Josh Josh Allen has a lot of very positive attributes. He does still throw a crap ton of interceptions and, and, <laughs> and he will throw them in weird spots like a goal line pass where he just doesn't anticipate that the, the lineman might stand up or jump back. Yeah. And there, there's a chance this week that Hutch can get that third interception. Yeah. Yeah. He's whew, I'm, I'm loving it. I love I love Aiden Hutchinson. And, and I've told you, you guys all know, as we were coming to the season ahead of the draft, I if it's a Michigan player. If it's a Michigan State player and if it's an Ohio State player, I tend to rate them worse than I would anybody else because there's that Homer effect that I try to control because you can't stop all that noise, right? I was not, it's not that I wasn't high on Aiden, right? But I just, I had my, I was fighting the bias stronger than I probably should have, but I am so excited with what he's turned into and what a, what a player he's been for the, the Detroit Lions. What an amazing draft pick by brad holmes we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit uh and brad and his picks really quick dan campbell this one i picked up on the way uh through the week or since the game and i'm not sure this is exactly right because he's you know the way they have statistics it's like on the third sunday after thanksgiving there's only been one team that's had four receptions before the half that were dropped and then you know i mean the, 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 all these these little like the lead being the, the first fan 320 plus pounds to get 10 pressures of the game. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, exactly. So there's, I know there's a qualifier here somewhere, but it's. I'll just state it like I remember it, and I, I couldn't find it to to validate it, and I didn't have time to go chase all of it down. But Dan Campbell is three and zero on t- against teams over five with a record over five hundred. Uh, Jim Caldwell was over. Schwartz, Jim Schwartz, over, and Matt Patricia was over. That's pretty I, nuts. I, so it, it it's not. Over 500, it's teams that are five games or more over 500. I saw, I saw the tweet. I saw it. So, and and Campbell has more more wins than all those guys combined. Uh, Schwartz never won one. Yeah. Caldwell never won one. By the way, Caldwell also never won one with the Colts. And Patricia just didn't win at all. So, yeah, no, he couldn't win anything. Um, but that's 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 a real and, validation. And it's, it's Arizona last year. Yep. And the Giants this year, and uh, that's it. It's two and zero. It could wind up being three though, because they do have a couple of games against teams. Buffalo was not anymore. Buffalo has lost two of their last three, so they are not five games over five hundred anymore. Right, right. So. Uh, when when they play Minnesota, Minnesota will be five games over five hundred, 
And somebody else is still going to be that good, too. Um, I don't know. Minnesota's meltdown. I hope it's contagious across weeks. Boy, that was a beating. By the way, they have a a negative point differential on the year at eight and two. The Cincinnati Bengals are six and four and are plus 60. Like we talked about the bounce, the weird bounces that you get yep, when, yep. when you're like the Lions when they were losing like that. There, there's no better indicator of that, that that Minnesota has gotten a crap ton of lucky bounces, including against Detroit. By the way, um, <laughs> you know, like some of that was was Dan Campbell's fault. We yeah. we we do not overlook that. Dan did not coach a good game that day, <laughs> and the, the Vikings took advantage. Um, I think if if in the same situation, if those two teams played right now. And that game situation comes up. I think Dan Campbell's a better coach for it and would win that game. But he didn't at the time. What's more effective? Get another shot in a month. What's more effective, Jim Schwartz in Detroit or the Schwartz from Spaceballs? Um, Kevin, I'm going to say. Schwartz, be with you. (laughs) I'm going to say neither one is controllable. So they're equally chaotic. (laughs) I, I, uh, not to diverge real fast, but. I like the way that Detroit came around on Jim Schwartz because, like, when he first got fired, everybody was like, "Oh, he had to go. We hated him. He was terrible." And then, like, two or three years later, people were like, hit the mic there. Sorry, <laughs> people were like, "You know what? He did a pretty good job with a crap situation, and that's exactly what he did." And I, I have encouraged other teams when they are one in fifteen, two and fifteen, three and fourteen. I'm like. You know, there's a guy out there who can coach your team who's really, really good yep. at being the tow truck driver to get your bus back on the road. That's right. Jim Schwartz. He's, he's not the guy like, once, once the transmission is fixed, you probably don't want him. But if you need a guy to get you out, uh, out of the depths, like. I'm going to say. I'm good at that. I'm going <laughs> to say, you're, and I agree with you 110%. I have a feeling, though, that Jim Schwartz has grown and he might be the guy to take you as well. I'm, I'm interested to see him get another shot as a head coach somewhere. Because I, would, I would love he's to see grown. Shot. He's definitely grown. And I would love to see how much and what he could do with a football team. Because I, I like Jim Schwartz a lot. I think he's a, he's a character for sure. Um, but I would absolutely love to see what, what he could do with the team these days. Mm. I'd like to see what he could do with the Houston Texans next year. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. Ooh, Tampa Bay, Tampa lion, blue Jay. Thank you, sir. Happy Thanksgiving to DLP. One Thanksgiving, the Lions should have Iron Maiden perform at halftime. That would yes. be epic for sure. I do Hello, know. <laughs> Thank you for I the will super not chat. For you. <laughs> I will say that um, one person that's going to be on our St. Jude show, Brian Burkheiser from I Prevail. He's going to be on. We're going to see what we can do if, a little, if we can do a little something, something. They're going to be in town with a makeup they are, concert they are, on Friday. They are playing tonight. Yeah. They are playing tonight at the Fillmore. And they're good Friday in St. Pete. They got a makeup concert for when Ian came through. And I'm like, I'm, I'm struggling. I got family. I'm trying to make this work. I'm trying to thread a needle on this. It's just like it's a day after Thanksgiving. Uh, okay. So anyway, got all that going on. We got him coming. Don't forget stjude.org slash DLP. Your opportunity to donate to a great cause and help some sick kids and their families. The time when they need it most, we're bringing Christmas to the kids. Your chance to donate and help with a couple bucks if you've got it to share. That's We appreciate you. All right, let's get into the next guy. Uh, Jamal Williams, the hero we needed this week and last week and the week before. The running back position is quite an interesting position for the Detroit Lions. There's a lot of talk about DeAndre Swift and, and what's going on with DeAndre Swift. And there's, you know, I, I just I don't mean this, so please don't get angry, but there, you get your Swift truthers and your swift haters and somewhere in there is the reality of what's happening with a player uh where his head's at how he's playing the team what's happening the dynamic between him and the coaches and all those things there's a lot going on there but with jamal williams 
Other than, and, and this is the hard one because everyone remembers the fumble, <laughs> the one fumble on the goal line. He's not lost a fumble in his career other than that. He has been such a solid performer. And you watch it in game after game because of a guy that thumps out there like Jamal Williams, who embraces the contact and, and, and continues to drive the ball, the defense. Those defenses slow down. Those defenses are getting worn down. This whole concept of run first from 20 years ago in the NFL is working for the Detroit Lions. We won a game just now, just so people can 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 think about this. Just we won a game 31 to 18, and our quarterback only threw for 165 yards. That's pretty freaking huge. And to be able to do that says a heck of a lot. Because when you have one of those games with Jared, like he had at the beginning of the, the season, and he has the weapons out there to hit like he had at the beginning of the season, and you have a run game like that, there's no stopping that offense. There is no stopping that offense. Four rushing touchdowns in a game. <sighs> Williams had three. Yep. Swift had one. And by the way, look, I've been hard on Swift. I was ecstatic to see him score that last touchdown. And I, I tweeted out about it. I'm like, he needed that. Like, if we're ever going to salvage whatever we can from DeAndre Swift, he needed that touchdown. Yep. And, and, and there was another play earlier where he actually did lower his shoulder and made contact with the defensive back. And I was, I jumped up off my couch and I was happy about it. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Deuce is getting through. He's listening. It's working. Like, yes. Cause, <laughs> cause DeAndre, that DeAndre Swift, that guy's a good football player. That guy, that DeAndre Swift, unfortunately hasn't been around since the middle of week two. Um, and we saw glimpses of it last week. And I'll take that because the more you've got there, the better. I, I do think, the Justin Jackson ascending above him and, and the way that Justin Jackson, because Justin Jackson is not nearly as talented as DeAndre Swift is as a runner, but he goes balls to the wall, high effort, Grit. assignment specific runs where he's where he needs to be when he needs to be there. He trusts his blockers and he's not afraid to drop the shoulder. He's not afraid of contact. That probably sent a message because Justin Jackson absolutely ascended to the number two spot over DeAndre Swift last week. Um, you, you saw it after the fumble. Yep. Or he fumbled on uh, Swift, obviously recovered on his own. But like, the, so to get anything out of Swift after that is, is gravy, man. Because Jamal, Jamal, I, I don't get that Lions fans don't like him, but there's, there's a lot of Lions fans that are like, no, Jamal's not any good. I'm like, mistaken, what are you watching? <laughs> are you watching the right? You're, you're watching Jamal Williams, right? No, no <laughs> like the anime guy, the, the fun guy. Yeah, the like, guy that plays catch with the fans every practice, every game, every chance he gets. He walks up and then back on the stands and plays, plays catch with any fan that wants to play catch with him. He's one of the coolest guys. I don't know how you could not like Jamal Williams. There's a, there's a lot of people that think he's terrible. I don't get it. Like. So um, he has the second highest percentage of runs that result in a first down of running backs in the NFL. Nick Chubb's the only guy that's above him. By the way, Nick Chubb last week against Buffalo, um, and this just will bleed into it. He had 19 yards on 12 carries. Like Nick Chubb is the best running back in the league, in my opinion. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's going to be tough sledding this week. Uh, so we need Jamal and we need DeAndre and we need Justin to all be at their best. Uh, because uh, that, that that's an impressive showing. <laughs> and they do that in Detroit, by the way, so they, they're used to the stadium. Yep. Uh, but Jamal converts first downs. He's really, really good at maximizing yards for, for what's blocked. 
And that's, that's all you can ask. Like, I, I, he's so good in the red zone, too. And here's the thing. DeAndre Swift is, even though he's been dog ass for most of the last two months, he's still been effective in the red zone. And, and thank God that his head is still in the game enough that he's able to do that. Like, I, I, I love DeAndre Swift on a Texas route in the red zone because yeah. he can do exactly what Theo Riddick used to do. Yep. He can, he's way too quick for a linebacker. And he's way too, way too like savvy for a safety to come up or he gets there fast enough that the safety can't close in time. I love that, man. So I, I, I hope that he winds up being more than a functional red zone weapon. But if he's just a functional red zone weapon for the rest of this year, I'm, I'm happy with that too. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. But Jamal, Jamal, man. Jamal's your number one guy. And by the way, whoever runs the Yahoo fantasy sites that tells me every week, every week, Jamal shouldn't be in the lineup. I should have Josh Jacobs or Najee Harris or Damian Pierce or um, who's the guy in Atlanta? Um, not Tyler Elegier, their rookie. Every week, I'm recommended to sit Jamal Williams. At some point, you donks at Yahoo will wake up and start recommending Jamal Williams to people. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right. I feel it. I feel the heat. Thank you, Riz. <laughs> we've we've got you are the prosecuting attorney on the Jamal Williams case. The defense is already rested. They are running from the courtroom because you made a hell of a case. <laughs> all right, let's get into now a couple other players. Uh, we'll start with DJ DJ Chark. He only had eleven snaps on Sunday, so it was even. Even um, people were like, what happened? Where was Shark? He was kind of invisible with a one play, right? But that was it. Um, he was only in 11 snaps. We expect to see more of him. There's also talking. I'm getting ahead to our Buffalo game. We, we'll, we'll get to that. I promise we're going to talk about that shortly. But there's there's talk that JMO could be back. It's they're hitting towards that. I will say, just as we lead toward that, the my Bills. Pants, Chris. <laughs> my pants are gone. <laughs> the Bills outside corners are the best place to attack that team. And I'll talk about why, but that's that's the place to try to beat the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but Chark, we expect more from him. Um, I didn't see a lot from him. Did you see much? Um, I, I, I didn't look at him. I didn't chart. I didn't second watch him. Uh, so I don't have a whole lot on him, but I'm not worried. I did not get through the full film review. I will say this. Two of the plays he was in, he ran a nine route and Amon Ra ran underneath and Goff found Amon Ra in his wake, yeah. which is exactly what he's designed to do. Yep. The throw down the field, first off, hideous decision by Jared Goff. <laughs> Secondly, not a good effort by TJ Shark. So <laughs> put that away. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, let's get into the playoffs. People are talking about yeah. you know, what happens if we beat Buffalo. Well, let's let's take a look. Let's what's going on with this. And I want to talk about something. Um, I want to give credit. Scorpio Sultan posted something in the Reddit that was really, really illustrative. And I thought it set this conversation up really well for us, Riz. So the Lions played opponent win percentage. So the opponent win percentage for the 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 teams they've played is the highest in the league at yep. 618. The Lions differential between played opponent win percentage, so who they've played, and future opponent win percentage is the second in the league behind only the Ravens, meaning they played significantly more difficult teams than everybody else at the top beginning of the season and significantly weaker teams 
for the rest of the season. And I want to talk about that a little bit because I, sometimes we, we get clouded by some of our perceptions and biases. And just from the stats specifically, our schedule for the rest of the season is the biggest differential of easy of everybody except the Ravens for the rest of the year. That le- lends itself to tell us that this team should have an easier walk to the end of the season. Put that with what we talked about earlier that was in the chat with Dan Campbell teams getting stronger as the years progress. And you have two things that are kind of lining up for the Lions. We'll add a third thing that are lining up for the Lions, and that's health. Players coming back from injury, like Jamo coming back. All of a sudden, he's got no dings. He's not worn out. He's not tired. Jerry coming back. He's only played two games. He's he's ready to roll. I mean, he always played three. The first game is, was a real was a light left, though. Um, he's, he's ready to roll. You have these guys coming back from injury who basically got some good rest, got themselves healthy. We look to be a stronger team here at the end of the year. These three things are converging for the lions. Again, those ball bounces that Riz talks about those things never, ever happen to the Detroit lions. We've got a 10 day break after the Thanksgiving game, the Thanksgiving game. We'll talk about what our previews are. I don't give the lions a huge percentage win opportunity. And if we lose, we should not be in some, you know, some hyper state. The bills are a very, very good football team, all that kind of thing. Um, but after that game, this season looks really, cause I mean, they, the bills also wait that percentage uh, the win percentage of the teams we have yet to play, you pull them off the chart and it becomes even then significantly easier as a percentage point. So with that, let's take a look at the schedule, Riz. Let's talk about what playoffs, well, what this might look like for the Lions going I, forward. We're talking about the playoffs. <laughs> it's not, it's, we have to, like, it's, it's legit. Like, they are legit. Like you see they the are on the in the hunt. on the screen. Like when it says in the hunt, they're there, and there's like there's teams behind them. There, <laughs> Green Bay is behind them there, which is great. Green Bay picks right before us in the draft. They're twelfth with thirteenth, and Chicago is third overall in the draft. I mean, if you think about how crazy that is, I mean, we've got the Rams pick at six. That's okay, but I mean we're. We're two spots, about three spots away from being in the direct middle of the league. <laughs> and, and, and we are we are very close to that. And again, it's attainable. And you see, like, Arizona, that ain't happening for them. Um, I, I watched them in Mexico last night a little bit. Yep. That's not a good football team. <laughs> They're not better than us. <laughs> like, I, I, can, yeah. I can say that without being, like, facetious or, you know, you know, getting getting electrocuted in a anal probe or anything like that—they're not a good football team. Like we are better than some of these teams. That's that's been that's been fun. Okay, so we'll just—I'll just walk through who we have left. We have the Bills, right, so Jags, schedule. Vikings, Jets, Panthers, Bears, and Packers. Right into the Bills, right? And we'll we'll do a, a deeper look at the Bills, but yeah, what's your sense? I uh, the Bills are favored by eight and a half, and I think that's a fair line. Yeah. I do. Right. I don't think it's unwinnable. I don't. I mean, I don't. I want, but I'm not going to let it wreck my Thanksgiving. And I, I, I put this out there. I said no. we do a post game show if the Lions. I do one by myself <laughs> if I had to. If the Lions beat the Bills on uh, on Thanksgiving, it, it's possible. I just don't put. I would. The way put my, I looked at it, you know, the way I looked at it going into the Giants game, I wanted to split out of the next two games. Mm-hmm. Anything over that is just like extra gravy and stuffing. I'm like. Thanksgiving plate. I, I, I'll take it. 
I don't expect it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's like having homemade whipped cream by your mom instead of, you know, ready whipped out of the can. Like it, it, it's that kind of accoutrement. Accoutrement. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we walk the Bears. So that, that, Let's walk we got the, Jacksonville, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. They're not good. <laughs> no. They're not. <laughs> no. no. Tre- Tre- Trevor Lawrence is getting better. Mm-hmm. The football team around him is getting worse. Um, funny how that happens. That's happening to Justin Fields in Chicago, too. The, the better Justin Fields plays, the worse the Bears get around him. That's that's not a good place to be. <laughs> so I, I like the Lions' chances a lot against Jacksonville. At home, coming off of a rest. Absolutely. Like that one. Yeah. yeah. All right, we move on to the Vikings. This time it's at home. We split with them last year. I think we got our first win, and I was there for it last year against the Vikings, right around the same time frame, too. Uh, I think it was a week earlier that we played them last year and got that win. But here we are facing the Vikings at home on the 11th of December. Um, this is a team we almost beat, and I feel like they're still beatable. I, 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 I'm in the same zone. I don't think we're going to beat them, but I think they're beatable. I think we have a really good chance of beating them. But if I had to bet, absolutely. And if I had to bet my Thanksgiving turkey on it, I'm going to have to put it on Minnesota. Is that fair? Is that a fair? <laughs> yeah, I, I want to see how they. So they play. They play New England on Thanksgiving this week. So we get to watch them and see what they're like. And I want to see how they deal with getting their ass handed to them. Uh, look, they've got a rookie coach. They've got a team that. They're veteran laden, but Kirk Cousins, like you see him wearing the chains and everything on the plane. It's it's great when it's going well with Kirk. I want to see how they handle when it's not going so well with him because in the past that's been an issue. And I don't I, I don't necessarily think that's a Kirk Cousins issue. I think it's more of like the team around him mm-hmm. um, and just the way that he sort of <coughs> excuse me. He's a he's a different cat, yep. not for everybody. Yep. Um, kind of like Jeff Garcia in that way. Yeah. Uh, so I, I want to I want to see what happens with that, but uh, it's, in it's certainly it's winnable. Mm-hmm. It's winnable. It's one. It's going to be one of the pivotal games. Let's let's do let's let's look at it like yeah. this. I think there's games that we're going to win and games that are pivotal, and that would be a steal that we need. How's that? How's that feel? Oh, pretty good, Chris. I like it. Okay, I like it. <laughs> Sorry, I just right, saw you go off camera. I was going. I was going. I, I found a, uh, do a, a on my floor that I had to throw away. All right, all right. So we're going to call the Vikings game pivotal. Then we go out to the Meadowlands where we've seen success, <clears throat> and we play the Jets. If Zach Wilson is starting that football game, I guarantee the Lions win. Guarantee it. <laughs> all right, Namath. <laughs> if Joe Flacco's playing, they probably beat us. Ooh. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I didn't expect that part. <laughs> they, they are not a good X's and O's matchup for Detroit. No, not at all. No, but their quarterback is, is he's, he's so bad. And he's like, he's like repellent to his teammates. If you so it, it <clears throat> do yourself a favor, watch the press conference and watch how he handled when he was asked, like if he felt bad about letting his team, I was like, no, like why would I? I'm, I'm the quarterback, man. I'm the milf hunter. I'm I'm good. <laughs> he, you can't tell me that that went well over well with Robert Sala or the New York Giants teammates. That's interesting because I think about you're, you're right. 
he, he and, and it's it's in the media big time. I mean, the, the media is ripping on him. It's not he doesn't have long. He's he's going to be radioactive very, very quickly uh, for the entire league. Just it, it's you can see the that path is ahead for him. But the corpse of Joe Flacco, I think the one thing that he brings is that he's not Zach, <laughs> Zach Wilson. And they rally around him because of that. I think that's where the, the piece comes. Because, I mean, the guy is 156 years old. He wasn't that great. I mean, there's a he reason the, he's not. He is in the master of the underthrow pass interference call on third and fifteen. He's good yeah. for one of those a game, and then they always capitalize off it, no matter where he's been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like Flacco. He, he's certainly not elite to go back to that, but he understands how to lead a team, and that's important. And Zach Wilson clearly doesn't know how to do that. So I, I will say that if Zach Wilson plays, I love the Lions' chances. If he doesn't play, kind of like the Jets in that game. Okay. Okay. We'll roll up to the Panthers. Win. <laughs> Longtime nemesis of Je- Jeff Risden, Baker Mayfield at the helm, maybe? <laughs> who? Who? I don't think anybody knows what the hell's going on there. A lot of change this offseason. I know uh, that. <laughs> so Baker is the kind of quarterback that the Lions can give problems to. Because he's a guy that just doesn't handle pressure very well. And he will stubbornly, to a point, try to throw balls in the small windows just to prove that he can, even if it's like the worst decision that he could make. Because he hears everything. He's got the rabbit ears. Like, if the media is talking bad, like, I don't think he can make that throw. He's going to try that throw 30 times. Like, that that's the kind of dude he is. That's the kind of guy that Aaron Glenn can fool with. Yeah. So I, I like the Lions' chances there. Aside from the fact that their defense is very, very, very top-heavy, um, and the back end of it is, like, guys that might not be on the Lions' practice squad. Like, their they're top-end guys, Brian Burns, Derek Barnes, um, Jace Horn was looking pretty good. Like, the rest of their team, it isn't very good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, JP is me, 91. I'm with you, brother. I just want revenge on the Jets for Monday Night Football. And God, we will talk about that as we get closer. Uh, we we heard Let's Go Lions at the Giants game. Double it up, baby. Double it up. It's time. And and, and just pull pull it out and drag these nuts across that football field. <laughs> just go to town. Um Anyway, that being said, yeah, the Panthers that, that stick a fork in that that franchise. They're they've That's a long, bad team. Yeah. Uh, okay, we'll move on to the Bears. Week seventeen, January first. We have tickets that will be up on the auction for that game. You have a great chance to get those and have a good time there. Uh, what do you think of the Bears game here, Riz? We took them once. We've got them at home now. I like the chance of a lot in that one. That's that's a game. But I I will say this. I think the Bears will still be fighting. Uh, this is a team where they're 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 they know that their coach is secure. They know they have a rookie coach. They know they have a rookie GM. In that situation, and we saw it in Detroit last year, when the guys know that the regime's coming back, they're going to try to play hard so they can build some momentum and and, in, and endear the players that can endear themselves to the coach for the next year to show that hey, I want to be part of this. I can be part of this when we start getting better. So don't write them off because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next game maybe won't be so much like that, but uh, the Bears, <laughs> they're still dangerous because Justin Fields is like, he's a very unique weapon. Um, and he's he's unique compared to what, what Lamar Jackson is, like, because he doesn't, he doesn't run the same way. It's mm-hmm. 
Like we saw it, man. Like they had him dead to rights on a couple of plays. Dan Dan Miller's call of it is just phenomenal. The last play, like I, you you can't discount them because of that. I th- I think the Lions are a better football team on both sides of the ball and and on special teams, by the way. So I think on all three facets, the Lions match up very well. So I I will take them to expect to win that one. Yes. What about you? Um, I feel like we do too. I I, I look. I'll talk about it when we talk about the Bears, but we've had two weeks of running quarterbacks that we've been playing against. And I said, I think the Bills is what I meant to say when we talk about the Bills, but we've had two weeks now running of, of running quarterbacks that we've defended against. And that has been traditionally our nemesis. We've beaten them both weeks in cold, windy, crazy weather to come home to our place, our turf, end of the season, a regen, you know, a younger team that has come back and uh, has more rested than the Chicago Bears. I just think we're going to be a better team. I think we're going to beat them. I, I, and I'll go straight, you know, right into Green Bay. I think we're going to beat them as well. I think we there was some information that came out in the Slack today. There's a lot of stuff going on in, in Chicago and Green Bay right now. And frankly, uh, I think we're going to ball drag Green Bay. Green Bay is about to have a massive implosion, I think, from the fans. Well, the point the, that I just the, made about the Bears, like wanting to play for their coach and prove that they're part of it, that doesn't exist in Green Bay <laughs> at all. <laughs> like at all. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> like they're, they're, those are dudes that are auditioning for where somebody sign me out of here. This, this ship's going down. <laughs> <laughs> now oh. you do have to worry about the death rattle uh, because that will happen. And like, oh. look, we love to hate on Aaron Rodgers. Dude's still got talent. Like, ridiculous levels of talent. It's not as good as it used to be, but if he wants to be a great player, he can still be a great player. And that's always dangerous. Uh, The Lions actually have played him fairly well over the years. And I want a repeat of what year was that? Was that 2019 when he tapped out? When that that was 20, it was the last game of 2019. Yep. Yep. And he, he went through the first half and they sacked him like three times. And he like, Oh, I, I, I might need to go in the concussion protocol and he like walk so. off the field. Yep. And they brought Deshaun Kaiser in. <laughs> like, oh my God. Thank, was, thank God I, they didn't have Matt Flynn on the roster that day. Oh, <laughs> God, no. <laughs> way, I will say this uh, because on the off chance that we see Jordan Love, I was going through some scouting reports this week because uh, I, uh, uh, I was, I was not a fan of Zach Wilson and I was looking at some of my past quarterback evaluations and, there's a cross cross the stream thread that I have with someone um, that everybody would know if I said it, uh, that we were talking about Zach Wilson. And then we were talking, we, we diverged into Jordan love and we were talking about a couple of his games and, and the guy legitimately said to me, and this is, this is a well-known draft analyst is like, I have no idea how he started at Utah state. Like he's not a good player at all. And this is, this is from that draft time. This is before we knew he was going to be with the Packers before we knew he was going to be a first rounder. Like he's like, he's in my 400 overall players, like not oh. anywhere above that. Uh, and um, he didn't, he didn't publish it that way. Uh, he published him quite a bit higher because that, that, we'll save that. We'll, we'll save that story for uh, for the the yeah. telethon when we have to talk for twenty four hours. Because that, that's that's a good one where where I have to talk about why uh, why 
<laughs> to bag on Zach Wilson. Hmm. Why Zach Wilson was my number 323 player, but I had to write him down as number 102 <laughs> <laughs> for forces that were out of my control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I got that one right, though. There you go. Yeah, so, so, yeah. so if we go we'll, through we'll, this, we'll, we'll, yeah, we've, we've, we've called the Jags, mm-hmm. we've called the Panthers, Bears, and, and Packers, we'll say. That's four wins. And you got the Jets, Vikings, and Bills as pivotal. And I think kind of where you, and let me just say, with the Jets and the Bears, do you think they split those based on what you were saying? Because would you say that's probably the best way to call out one of those? Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Okay, so it's either they have to win both the Jets and the Bears and pivot on Vikings or Bills. Well, then they get it, right? If they beat both the Jets and the Bears then it's done. They've got their five wins. It takes them to a nine win season. That's potentially a wild card. I think nine, I think nine does get you in the playoffs this yeah. year in the NFC. Yeah. That's wow. crazy. It's, I mean, wow. you look at it, right? It's, 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 there's a lot of winnable games. The statistics are on our side about the difficulty, the schedule, the win percentage. Um, oh my gosh. And soccer. So we're taking the over on Jeff's preseason prediction. Mine was seven wins. The consensus was six. Um, God, I would love to be right on seven. <laughs> uh, if this team finishes seven and 10 after starting one and six, I'm ecstatic. Yeah. I'm happy. Oh. I'm good with Ooh, that. Hands off. Um, that's Tuesday. I want more. I, I absolutely want more. But if again, from one and six to finishing seven and 10, that's, that's a, that's called a springboard, ladies and gentlemen. And I know that the, the analytical nerds don't believe in momentum because they've never played sports the there is absolutely momentum and inertia that can carry through a team and give them confidence over the off season yep. and have more appeal to a mid-level free agent who's weighing do I go to do I go to Pittsburgh where they're you know they're gonna be four and thirteen this year or do I go to Detroit and, and you know and play for that coaching staff but but, but right. or now play for that coaching staff that we saw at Hard Knocks and for a team that really right. didn't give up on those coaches and came back and really seemed to have I could be the guy that makes the difference and who doesn't want to be the guy to make the difference to lift a team to have that kind of because if you're if you're a professional athlete you have that kind of um je ne sais quoi that kind of the kind of swag when you you have to you have to believe in yourself at that level and to to look at that and think that you could be the guy to push that team over the top of that position point that's that's exactly what you're looking for and to make money doing it imagine getting like an end of career ring whore like what Adama and sue just did with philadelphia yep. yep um getting a guy like that um and obviously not sue himself but um like like Von Miller with the Bills this year. Yep. Like he could have gone anywhere. He took less money to go to Buffalo because he wants a ring and he's, he's doing a damn good job of getting him one. <laughs> he's a problem this week, folks. Yep. Uh, don't forget about him. <laughs> yep. Now remember, there's it's a heavy lift. But again, all these things, the health of the team, the 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 opponent win percentage, um, all these pieces that are falling into place for the Lions could very well be the difference and and how they play to get at the beginning of the team the season against very very difficult teams still the third strongest strength of schedule of anyone in the league second strongest is chicago first strongest has been green bay i mean it's crazy and the vikings who happen to be the top have one of the weaker strength of schedules in the league funny how that plays out uh strength of schedule says a lot about what you're doing and and it gets a lot better for the lions towards the end of the season so we'll see how that plays out 
We want to move on to the next topic, though. But before we do, it's that time of year. Magic things happening. Head on over to amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com and fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. We're going to get two in one here. Amazon, you know what Amazon is. You just heading over there. You get all the stuff you want, all your, your your holiday goods. Get in there. They take a little bit of money out of Bezos' pocket. They throw it over at us. Uh, it doesn't cost you anymore. It's just a great way to help the show by doing something you were going to do anyway. And fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Fanatics is the ultimate. It's the official merchandise store for the uh, NHL, the NFL, the, all of them, really. They are the official people with the real merchandise, top quality stuff. Same kind of deal. Fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com will take you right over to their site. And everything you buy, they put a little bit of that money in our pocket and help support the show for our senior bowl coverage we got a big crew coming out this year got a lot going on for you guys so anything you can do in those areas to help support us help us do the things we do we really appreciate you for doing that amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com and fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com all right um while you were doing that i peeked in on my college football game my ohio bobcats are playing tonight um if they win they win the mac east so they are winning at bowling green or at home uh 28 to 7 at the half yep with our backup quarterback, uh, we lost our quarterback to a knee injury last week. Um, Curtis Rourke, Nathan Rourke's little brother. By the way, Nathan Rourke is going to try out to get into the NFL. Hell to the yes, I want him in Detroit. He was phenomenal in the CFL yeah. this year. Uh, it, the game is different, and his skills are a little bit tailored to the Canadian game, but I would love to see him get a shot to unseat Tim Boyle or Nate Sudfeld as the backup quarterback and see what he can do next summer. Yeah. And he is going to sign with an NFL team before the end of the NFL season. I would love for it to be Detroit. Yeah. Love it. 100%. There you go. All right. We want to talk about the draft order. We alluded to it just now. Uh, really quick, Brandon, Chris, remember when the Lions started out so badly and then they fired Joe Lombardi? I said that if they went out, they could make the playoffs, and they were two wins away. Yes, yes, absolutely. And then the difference here. As Mike Hodges says, these guys are finishing games. They're less likely to stumble in winnable games as we go forward. 100%. And that's the 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 game in New York that we just played was one of the most complete games I've seen out of a Lions team in a long time. All three phases of the game, they were a they were a professional football team across the board. And, and I mean, as silly as that sounds, watching the NFL, that's a that's actually a, a, a compliment because there's not a whole lot of truly professional t- football teams in all three phases of this game. So, all right. Kevin, we need more Mo from the Creek. Yeah, Mo, we want you to call on our next post game show. We need more Mo in our lives. All right, let's talk about the draft order. Yeah. <laughs> First point for the draft order, I want to just do a big cheer. Let's go Rams. Whose house? <laughs> Lions house, baby. Um, they are choking the snot out, and it looks like they may be going swan style and taking the dive. Uh, they are sixth overall pick right now with a three and seven record. Matthew Stafford, I believe, is still out in the concussion protocol i do not discount what's going on in his personal life his age his injury history the whole thing i there is a lot of conversations going on over there there is a lot going on over there in that in that uh, stafford world um they, they very well may put him down for the season and 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 that's the negotiation point to keep him on the team i'm, I'm serious there's there's some there's a lot going on there you've got uh cup Right. He's 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 cooked. He's done. Um, why not? Why not? You're, you're at a choice point here. And, and McVeigh's at a choice point. They said, you know, well, we've got through what was it? 24 with Donald and uh, Stafford and Cooper Cup with those. And so McVeigh sticks around with the cord. If it looks like the cord is breaking apart, 
there's no reason for for McVeigh to stay. There's no reason, and and then all of a sudden, and with the cuts they made today, um, they could be an absolute sell, selling team. And if that's the case, and those were big cuts today. Those those are not to be diminished. Who the the running back and, and linebacker they cut, um, they could very well be in a market where they're selling, where they're selling and saying we just got to start over. We got to rebuild now. Uh, with Aaron Donald, they have, they, you can they get have no assets. They they. Their their team that they have is the team that they're gonna have. Yeah, like yeah. they knew that twenty twenty one was their year. They hoped that it would carry over into twenty twenty two. Obviously, it hasn't. Now they're gonna have to retool. They don't have any assets to retool with. Like yeah. I, they got no draft picks. Got They've got to trade assets that they have. They're not gonna get anything. I don't want to say not gonna get anything for Stafford, but Stafford isn't gonna get them anything. Um, I, I, I Cooper Cup is someone they could get value for. Aaron Donald, if he would stay for the contract, you could get value for him. But they've got no draft picks. They're in. They are in in a dicey, dicey, dicey spot. But I, I would still take their title. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. I, I want. And I said this about my Cleveland Cavaliers. I loved it when they went all in because, like, we'd never won anything before, and that one was worth it. Mm-hmm. It was a hundred percent worth it. And I, every Rams fan will tell you that too. It was worth like the fact that we're going to suck now for a couple of years. It was worth it to get the one. Yep. And I, I hope that every Rams fan feels the way because they should. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, I, I will tell you what LA is such a fickle market that that works in Cleveland. That works in Detroit. They've already forgotten. In LA, they're looking. Uh, how are the Lakers? Do we get, can we jump on that one? Now? Lakers are terrible. I know. Oh shit! <laughs> Clippers. I mean, who do who do we got? How's the Dodgers? They will just jump to whatever the, the next Dodgers, one is. The Dodgers were good, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. Didn't they? Didn't they fall apart in the playoffs though? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't. I couldn't. I couldn't name a baseball player outside of Clayton Kershaw just because he was Matthew Stafford's childhood friend. That's that's about all I know about it. But I. I, LA, I, I think the I think the Dodgers were good. Yep, uh, LA is really know. LA isn't just a they're just a tough market, and 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 you don't buy anything with a championship. You, they just it, the fans are like, okay, cool, that's awesome. Uh, okay, I'm going to go for a hike. There's no good teams, right? I mean, there's something to do there all oh, USC the is good. time. Let's, right. let's watch USC. You've got 107 teams to choose from, and if it isn't your sport or your team, you just can go out. You're going to go to the beach. You go up to the mountains. You go for a hike. I mean, you got a million things to, to to do with your time in the in the winter, the summer, the spring. It doesn't matter. You got stuff to do. That it doesn't it doesn't buy you anything like it does here. So they're, they they'll have the mark right in the legends of the of the NFL and all that. But as a as a, a city. It was meaningless. So for the players, it's important, um, but it's a weird. I mean, there's a reason they have to do a silent count at home on the regs. You know what I mean? It's just the nature of the beast. So, oh whack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So before we get into the draft, and we've done a little bit of Rams talk that we had to do, I want to just do a quick jaunt back through the drafts of Brad Holmes, and this this is the kind of thing right now. That I kind of, when people say, yeah, but it's been 60 years of, I, I just immediately dismiss whatever argument they make in which they include that, right? Because it's basically a different owner, but whatever. It's a completely different front office. It's a completely different coaching staff. If you're hanging 60 years on the new people coming in, you're you're, you're a lunkhead. I'm sorry. You I are. It's, it's what, 46 years old? Yeah. <laughs> Dan Campbell's 43, 44, something yep. like that? Like, yep. 
That's right. It don't don't just don't follow the team if it's that bad. But I just want to go through these because I want seriously find another. If if you're hung up on that, go root for another team, please. For all of us, for your own mental health, for my mental health, (laughs) so I don't have to deal with your BS. Go root for somebody else. Go root for Dallas. My meds seem to like bandwagon people. My meds don't work unless you take yours. (laughs) So get on it. All right, let's. I like that. I'm going to steal that. Like that's good. All right, we're going to go through uh, Brad Holmes. And before we do, really quick, I just want one quick point I want to make. Brad Holmes had mentioned that um, the the system, the draft system, and his his people and, and the whole thing are not going to be in place until 2023. So the upcoming draft is the first time that Holmes is going to have all of his stuff in place for the draft. But we're still going to look back because you still have to grade people's performance. I want to just I want to walk through the players we grabbed in the draft, and let's say success or not. Right. All right. So first off, Penny Sewell. Hit. hundred percent hit. <laughs> and the best part is he made Tyrell Crosby cry like a schoolgirl when they picked him. But we won't talk about the Twitter beef. Uh, okay, we got Levi Anzarike. <laughs> okay, so that's a miss, right? We can miss. call that a miss, right? Big miss. Yep. Yeah. Uh Ali McNeil. For a third round pick, he's a hit. <laughs> uh Iffy, Melifonwu. Miss. Is he a miss? Or is he is the jury yes. out? Okay. Okay. I, I would say I don't he's disagree. a miss. I don't know if he'll be on the team next year. I don't disagree, but um I just I don't know that he's had time on the field to prove that he's good or not. And it's I don't know well, if he's him. healthy and they're still not yeah. playing him. There you so. go. All right. Amon Ross St. Brown. We're at two misses here. Oh big hit. <laughs> uh Derek Barnes. For where he was drafted. One thirteen. The jury's probably still out, but I think he's I think he's a hit. He's a starter on this team. He started this week. He played really well last yeah. week. Yeah. So we'll see what his trajectory is, but he feels at where he was picked. I feel like we, we got the right player at that space. Uh, yeah. And then we will fall down to seventh overall. Jamar Jefferson, your favorite pick uh, behind uh, Jimmy Landis. <laughs> if he ever even tries to pass protect, he might be a hit, but. We'll see. He he's, hasn't yet. <laughs> yeah. He's still in the practice squad. He's still working. Um, and, and and Deuce has said some things where he's 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 got a lot of the pieces. There's just a few, like you said, the the, the blocking. And is, he is he's 100% true about that. You, you can see it when he runs. He's really good. It's everything else that involves being a football player, from special teams to pass protection to selling fakes to being a receiver – He's awful, <laughs> like really, really bad. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you reconcile that and then get a player out of it. But. Yep, uh, he so, was worth the shot. Yep, it didn't work. David uh, Penne shut down Mika Parsons head to head, so we should stop the debate right there. Yeah, let uh, TC know that. Oh, um, oh by the way, uh, uh, Taylor Decker shut out Kayvon Thibodeau. Yep, this two tackles. What we didn't talk. No about. pass rush. No plays in the backfield, no quarterback touches, no quarterback hurries. And he went against Decker on 88% of his plays. Yep. Give Taylor Decker some freaking respect, people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and let's also talk about the Thibodeau versus Hutchinson debate on the draft. I think we've settled that at this point, right? There's there's no more debate. <laughs> All right, let's move into the next hey, Josina, draft. you were wrong. <laughs> Um, Almost got fired for that. And Soccer Wizard, yeah, we're not going to do the UDFAs with Wright and Jacobs. Those are just 
icing on the cake and, and and you know we never forget jerry but we're just going straight with the draft picks but you i would say that uh, uh holmes has been spectacular in um in his his udfa don't, picking don't his tommy kramer and that either tommy kramer will be your starting right guard next year yeah yeah and then uh don't forget about uh, be now if he was healthy i don't think he's still around but he's i mean he's he's a potential guy uh derek these nuts he's out there still too okay let's get into this year's draft <laughs> uh aiden hutchinson swing and a miss on that one riz <laughs> we'll just walk past that uh jmo undecided undecided okay okay i haven't played yet how, do, how do we know i know i know josh pascal from when we've seen him, he's been a hit. We just need to see more of him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kirby Joseph? Yeah, good player. When we've seen him, he's been pretty good. Uh, yeah, when, when we've seen him, he's been really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, starting tight end, future Hall of Famer, James Mitchell. The jury is still out. I would say for a fifth round pick, I think he's okay. Yeah, coming yeah. off of the injury that he did, I'll I'll take that upward arc. Yeah, yeah, I like where he's going. Uh, sixth round, we go now with uh, Rodrigo. Oh, he's a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, coming off the worst game of his career, college or pro, I'm one of the keys that I have for this weekend, and that, you'll see this on Lionswire before Thursday. Hopefully, if I ever get time to get it finished. I'm very curious how he responds to having a shit game because he's never had one before. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to happen. So I, I am definitely watching Rodrigo this week because he's been, he's been really, really good. He was really bad last week, but that doesn't mean that he's not a good player. Yeah. Good players have bad games. Certainly. Bad players have good games. Yeah. Rodrigo was a good player. He had a bad game. Yep, yeah, I would agree. Oh. Um, all right. Now we go to James Houston on the practice squad right now, linebacker. He's a sixth round, number 217 overall. I'm not going to get upset about a sixth round pick, but I don't think he ever plays a snap in the NFL. There you go. And then Chase Lucas, who is active on the roster as a DB right now. Uh, Seventh round pick, 237. uh, Again, the, the scale when you're picking 237 overall is pretty small. I probably wouldn't use it on a 25-year-old cornerback who can only play in the slot and only on special teams like that. And he hasn't played. So, I, I mean, I'm not going to get picky about it, but it's probably a miss. Like, But it, it's, it's, it, it's almost the last pick of the draft. I'm not going to mm-hmm. worry about it. Like, he's he, he showed some talent in training camp a little bit in the preseason, especially against the Steelers. Let's see yeah. if he can – Ever correct the lineup? I think my point when I look at this and the hits and misses is number one, every GM misses, but the hit rate that we've seen for Brad Holmes is exceptional for a GM. And where he's hitting, if we go down to places like uh, Rodrigo in the sixth yeah. round, hit, hit Amon Ra in the fourth. Yeah, Amon Ra, Derek Barnes the fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a guy that's finding, and then Jerry Jacobs is a UDFA. Um, a lot of these guys that we're finding down deep in in in, in the draft and the undrafted guys, um, and 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 uh, John Kaminsky pulling him in, uh, Charles Harris the year before. Right, we're finding guys that are right for the team and, 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 and playing very, very well. This to me is quite a competent front office. And I would, as of now, 
And this is one of the things we saw. We saw guys playing and 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 doing well with uh in their first year generally with um Oh, who's Quinn? That was his name. I can't keep him. I keep him in my head. Um, he and then they fell off immediately, right? So what we want to see and what we believe we're seeing right now is development from this this staff of these players. Um, if this arc stays, I think we've got ourselves a, a top ten front office uh, at this point. And 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 he's still a rookie, right? It is a GM. Yeah, he's, he's he's definitely got some rookie mistakes on his ledger. Yep. But it, it, we're seeing the growth. We're seeing they haven't had any paralyzing mistakes. Um, Levi is as close as you get. Uh, that's like well, I didn't like the pick when they made it. Legendarily, <laughs> I still don't like it now. But if, if you whiff on a second round pick, okay, that that's going to happen. The hit rate on those in that range is rough. Like, so um, my guy, Corey Kinnon, who runs Browns Wire now, and by the way, uh, does a great job at it. Yep. And he tweeted out something this morning, like, quit getting stressed out about playing or third or day three picks, like either not making or playing too much and not being good. Like the day three picks, if they are if they make your team for more than a year, it's probably a, a, an asset. Uh, they're probably better than, than they thought they were. Second round picks, and Corey does study this stuff. Uh, he's a good draft nick, by the way. Um, underappreciated draft nick. So follow Corey, please, and tell him I sent you. Um, he he did a, he does a thing, and it's like a sixty. I want to say it's like sixty four percent of of second round picks in that range wind up being a average starter in the league, which is what you need from that. Like if you get any better than that, that's that's great. Um, he's. I, I don't I don't know I don't know what's up with Levi man spinal fusion surgery is yeah no it sounds scary I hope I hope he stays <laughs> in wherever it makes him the healthiest and happiest for the rest of his life I, I that's I if he doesn't play I'm like I'm I'm fine with hey we had him we had one that we missed and we you know we couldn't predict the future of his injury we played a little bit with that and um, we wound up on the short side of it as a team but for him as a human being i hope he does the right thing to stay healthy and go and move on and that's that we can we can write it off um we can um but the fact that he's i i want to give credit to their pro scouting department not just the college scouting mm -hmm. finding a guy like evan brown i watched evan brown i covered evan brown in cleveland he wasn't good like he was undersized they tried him almost exclusively at center and it just didn't work. Like they, they wanted him to be JC Treader's successor. He, I'll be frank. He wasn't good enough. Like he didn't merit that. And he comes to Detroit playing again, out of position. He's wildly undersized for a guard. If you look at his arm length and his weight and his, his strength numbers, like he shouldn't be there. He's playing his ass off. He's okay. Yeah. Like he's, he's a functional starting guard. He's a great backup center, like finding guys like that, finding I, like <laughs> I'll send out the bat signal here. Alex Anzalone over the last month since the bye week has been a perfectly capable starting linebacker. He's not good. I'm not saying he's good. He's functional so as a starting Jersey. linebacker. He's not, he is not hurting your team. They're finding ways to get him useful is he ever going to be a long-term building piece? No. Do they need to replace him next year? Yes. Is he getting the job done right now? Yeah, he is. That's that's it. That's your pro scouting department, man. That, that's finding Deshaun Elliott. You Brian Duger some credit for that. You know they're finding those kind of guys, and that that's critically important, man. When you find cheap 
guys with a little bit of NFL experience, guys that, you know, for whatever reason, didn't work out somewhere else. Man, that, that's a great way to build your team. Yep. Great way. One th- one thing that came in do you got from Mike Hodges, guys, do you think that our meritocracy mindset has agents ready to send players our way? I'll tell you, this mer- the meritocracy piece is great, for especially for the pro scouts, to, to, to be able to pick the guys they want. That brings up players that believe they have something to prove. And if your pro scouts are working, the guys that think they have something to prove and just want a fair shake to prove it, this is the ideal place for them. And to have good scouts that can help you find the right guys in those places, that helps get you a landing spot. Especially when you go from a Matt Patricia run team where it was adversarial relationships between the front office and the and the coaching staff and the players to trying to change that culture. You have to you have to do it believably. You have to do it credibly. And um, what you're seeing is, you know, you see hard knocks and players see it and it's like, okay, well, you know, I've seen this before. Let's what is it really? And now you have players out there that are going to talk about it and you're going to see it in the record and you see it, how people play. So that's, that's great. In the regular college drafting, I don't think that, that, that the meritocracy piece matters. Maybe for guys, Jerry talked about it when he came over he as a free eight, as a UDFA, he said he had more money elsewhere. And he said, I think we get a chance with the Detroit lions and that's where I'm going to go. So absolutely for guys like that, I think that will continue to be the case because you still have to get players. Uh, you, you trade for players. You get players. You pick up players. You UDFA players. Um, you, though, that part of the world will always exist for your team. And as you get your draft talent in and you contri- continue to increase the the capabilities of your team and the win count of your team and the depth of the, the, the playoffs that you drive a team, you'll start building the culture around that on, on all points where you are a destination that people want to go to. Um, so it, it, at the point in time, it's exactly the right approach. And I think that's how um, how the meritocracy thing has helped this team at this point. Kind of like the Jim Schwartz thing, right? He was the right guy to pull to the tow truck to get the team out of the yep. ditch and pull it out. You have to create the right environment. And that's what they've created here. So uh, we talk about the draft and the importance of the draft. Um, it's 100% important. And this is the year. Brad told us that this is it taken until 2023 to have his system and all the pieces in place. You know, Dorsey's been working on it with him. You know, all of those guys up there, uh, Disner, have all been working on this. And um, I'm interested. I'm interested to see how this draft plays out, how they roll the injury dice, if they do it differently than they did with, with some of the picks they have. We have got some some good quality picks right now. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how this goes. But let's get into the idea of drafting a quarterback now, Riz, because I know this is something you want to talk about, and I, I want to tee yeah, this up so, with the whole so idea of the broader because, draft thought. Well, there's a couple of things that come out of it. First off, um, it came out over the weekend that they they have seen Florida play five times now. And obviously, Anthony Richardson, as a quarterback, has a certain appeal to him. Uh, and he so this past weekend – had a not so very good start to the game, wound up throwing for 400 yards and three touchdowns and made a couple of throws that were like, okay, <laughs> all right, I like that. Uh, but didn't have a consistency of that. And that's sort of what he, like, he's still a young guy. I think that was his 12th start or 13th start, something like that, maybe 15th. Um, he's still a talent that's growing and uh, first off, they're not there just to see him. Uh, I can tell you they like Ventrell Miller, the linebacker who got ejected for targeting dumbass <laughs> um, a lot. <laughs> As a, he's like a fourth or a fifth round guy. Uh, he's like a 225 pound uh, fly linebacker type guy, um, a guy that could come in and play next to Rodrigo and next to Derek Barnes, who's certainly not that kind of they're, they're just not built that way. 
So he would be that sort of a player. Uh, and he's a pretty good player. So they're, they're and, and Osiris Torres, their right guard, uh, who will be in the mix for when the Lions pick in the second round with one of their picks. I'm not saying that they're going to take a guard, but if they're going to take one, he's certainly in the mix. So it's not just that they're looking at Anthony Richardson. And I can tell you a couple of other schools that they've seen several times. Um, I know for a fact I've been to two Notre Dame games this year, and the same Lions personnel player has been at both of them. <laughs> so uh, they're, they they go around. Uh, but draft scouting a quarterback now, scouting a quarterback doesn't mean that you're going to draft a quarterback. It means that you're covering your bases and you're considering your options. I will tell you straight up, the last time I was at the Notre Dame game, which was, what, three weeks ago? Three weeks ago. I can tell you that at that point, that person told me, and I 100% believe him, we don't know what we're doing in the draft yet. Mm-hmm. Guarantee that's a true statement. If the if they like a quarterback well enough and they have an opportunity to take that guy, do I think they'll take it? Yeah, I do, but I don't know that. Um, and anybody who tells you that they know that is lying. Tell you that straight now. Like, uh, I, I won't name names because I don't know who it would be. But if they tell you, oh, they're taking a quarterback, you can call BS on them. They might wind up taking that very quarterback, but I guarantee you they do not know it now because I, I can tell you this. Oh God, factually, so Dan Campbell has not watched a single football game yet, college football game this year. He is very involved in the selection process. And you don't think that the the head coach wants to know what's going on with the quarterback. You don't think that the GM in this meritocracy that we talked about in this, you know, communal type of evaluation process, (laughs) the head coach's voice doesn't matter. Come on now. Come on now. You're smarter than that. I'll tell you, just, just people hate this, but my AR 15 watched every Florida game. This, this season I've been on, on this AR watch. Right. And he's yep. an interesting cat. He's an interesting cat. He has a lot of potential and a lot of really neat tools. My kind of comp, at least for him right now is he's not a, as good, but a version of Justin Fields. And I'd like to see him go back to school for another year and season and season himself and come out, I think he will be way better for it. He'll be a much better NFL quarterback. He'll make way more money as a result. I think another year at school is going to make him much more yeah. valuable than I see him now. That's my take. Yeah, and you you have a son that goes to Florida, for those yeah. who don't know. So you, you do watch a lot of Florida. I have seen probably six of their games. Uh, including the last one, uh, he has grown as a player from the first week to now. So if you're yeah. you're looking back at those early games where he was he was rough, man. His He's first not game, he the was the same great. guy now. When he beat Utah, it was yeah. he, it, he yeah. was over the top, off the charts. I was like, holy! Like I was all about let's get AR fifteen right, and then I've I've seen the rest of it, and I've kind of pumped the brakes on that. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. Uh, yeah, I I would I would consider him, but I. I, I can't tell you if the Lions are or not, right. uh, but they, I know they have been, I, I know they have been at Ohio state games. I know, I know they have been at Oregon games. It uh, doesn't, God, I really don't like the idea of bonix. I know Daniel Jeremiah, the NFL.com, who is one of the best evaluators out there came out and said that he was a bonix fan today. I'm like, no, DJ, no. I cannot get past the fact that he sucked ass at Auburn. I can't, I, I can't do it. Like I, I'll 
freely admit I can't do it. Can I, um, can I know I, they've seen Will Levis in person. Um, I wrote about Will Levis this week at Real GM. Check it out. It's the seventh cent in the, this week's 10 cents. Check it out. RealGMFootball.com. Shameless plug. Uh, I'm not a fan. Uh, You're a I, fan of RealGM.com. Yes, I'm a, I'm a big fan <laughs> of RealGM.com. I've been employed there for 19 years. Uh, I am not a fan of Will Levis and his draft <laughs> prospects. I just don't see that. Yep. Uh, there are a lot of quarterbacks out there that are that like day two, three-ish guys. Max Duggan from TCU. I like him a lot. Uh, I talked about him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I like a, I like him a lot after what I saw last week. And by the way, that walk-off field goal that TCU pulled off against Baylor. Oh holy God. crap, man. That was unbelievable. Oh, unbelievable. Um, so let me just – yeah, the ruling game of college football. I want to tell you my 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 dream, my wife of of the quarterback situation. My wife and I were doing a little role play alone at night. Dark, had some drinks going, right? Oh. <laughs> and we decided that Joe Lombardi is going to crash the bus in San Diego, in Los Angeles, on the Chargers, and things are going to be so bad there that we're going to put a bunch of capital on the table. We're going to get Justin Herbert in Detroit. And I was like, oh, yeah, baby, keep talking. <laughs> I I don't know why, but I am super high on that kid. And you know where I was in, in the Senior Bowl on him, and we, we kind of all were, but he has come. I think he's not a super mobile guy, which is kind of anti where the NFL is running right now, but I just feel like he would fit this team so well and just make some throws. <laughs> can you imagine him behind this line with this running game and 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 and, and JMO and Chark and Amon Ra? I mean, just just and, and on and on. I mean, oh my God, oh, that's the stuff the dreams are made of, my friend. He's really <laughs> impressive. And and again, a guy who wasn't particularly great at Oregon wasn't particularly great at the Senior Bowl, like. I, I underestimated him. I admit that. Uh, I, I, I got caught off guard by it. Like, good, good for him. Uh, just a couple of the other quarterbacks that, that are um, later on, or well, CJ Stroud is CJ Stroud to me is still the best quarterback in this draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am not out on him whatsoever. Uh, I have cooled somewhat on how like his <laughs> there are there are warts there that you're going to have to get through. But uh, I can certainly live with those, and they can be ironed out. Um, he's, not, he's not a perfect prospect, but I, I, I still think he's easily the best quarterback in this in this class. Yeah. Uh, so I would go there. Um, I, I like Duggan a lot. Uh, Jake Hayner is an interesting guy from Fresno State. Uh, he's kind of got that Gardner Minshew, Taylor Heineke vibe. Duggan has that too. Um, the thing I like about Duggan is that he, and, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, he is a guy that went from being – he was benched, um, he was replaced, and he came back and he never lost the attitude of, like, the young, hungry, like, guys that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake DeLome was that kind of guy. That gritty, like, I'm not necessarily the most polished guy, but I'm going to will our team to win. And he's never lost that, and he's gotten a hell of a lot better as a passer yeah. in Sonny Dyke's system. So I, I that, that that's appealing to me. I like him a lot. Hendon Hooker. Torn ACL on a 25-year-old rookie? Yeah. Sorry, man. I can't do that. I can't. Um, nothing against him. No. Um, the dude from Arkansas. 
and his name is escaping my mind right now, but I can see him because he throws flat footed and that weirds me out. And I can't get past that either. (laughs) He's a mobile guy. He's a great runner. He stands dead still, doesn't use his hips in his throws, doesn't get on his toes whatsoever. He's completely flat-footed, and he throws bombs. Like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that yet. He's the guy that I get asked about. Like, I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What do you do? Um, Really quick, we'll do this. Thank you. Brandon Ding, uh, please give us a like and a subscribe on the video. We appreciate when you do that. It helps us out. You guys have heard the other YouTube people talk about the algorithm and all that stuff. I'm not going to get into the nitty ditty, nitty gritty on it. But if you could just swing a like our way while you're watching there, you just hit the button. It's really easy. We appreciate it. It helps us out a great deal. And if you like what we're doing, um, we've got hit the subscribe button because we got a lot of stuff coming. Uh, we've got a live uh, co- what's it called feed coming from the Thanksgiving Day game from Sandman from his club seats. Uh, you get notified when that happens. We have a lot of cool things coming up that we do, and especially when we get to Senior Bowl um, and, and some of the other draft coverage. When we get those interviews, they just show up and we just go live. And if you want to see it as it breaks, uh, we have a whole team of folks going to be there. So uh, you'll definitely want to hit the subscribe and the bell when you do that. So thank you everyone for helping us out and hitting those yep. likes and subscribe. Yeah. We always ask once yeah. per show. I chose now to do it. One other quick quarterback, and I haven't watched him yet, so I can't talk about him, but I know the Lions have watched him a couple times in person. Shepard quarterback Tyson Bagent. He's a D2 player. Shepard's really good. They're in West Virginia. Uh, again, I can't speak. I, I watched I watched one game like where and, and it's it's not an HD. Uh he's got a little bit of a weird delivery, but he's He's going to be at the Senior Bowl. He's got a lot of hype. He's a guy that's probably a fifth or a sixth round guy. Could play his way up from that. I can tell you the Lions have watched him. I don't know how they feel about him, but uh, the fact that they've been to two different Shepherd games tells me a lot. Uh, and they're they're in the D two playoffs, by the way. Uh, Ferris State, Grand Valley, also still alive in the D two playoffs. Those are both local for me. Um, I have ties to both schools. Uh, Ferris State, by the way, has a, uh, a Grand Valley transfer who's a pass rusher who's going to be a sixth, seventh rounder who is infinitely better than James Houston, has a lot more on the ball than James Houston does. I would love to see them replace James Houston with him uh, next year uh, in that traffic. So there's, there's your D2 moment. Boom. There you go. <laughs> All right. We talked the draft. We talked about taking quarterback in the draft. Now you understand. Now you're with us. Um, Brandon wants me to talk about uh, Campbell, given the pep talk to the Red Wings grit. I mean, Campbell is a guy, everybody wants him. Everybody wants him. And and he's he's got a, a career, I don't know, he'd probably make as much as he does on the circuit as a motivational speaker after he's done coaching when he decides to retire with his 43 Super Bowl rings in Detroit. But yeah, I'd, go, I'd go see him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk ahead about the Buffalo Bills. First thing I want to talk about, right? Um, we're talking about some of the things that are going to affect this game. Cause if this is a straight heads up game on paper, the lions have, what is it? 17% chance of winning. I think is what it's called out. Right. I mean, that's just the way it is. It's, it's what we're looking at with where they see the teams right now. Um, that's not the case though. They play the games for a reason. Um, you talk about momentum and where teams are. I mean, Josh Allen's a little dinged up, but one of the things that I want to talk about is the travel piece. The Bills couldn't play at home. They had to come to Detroit. They got to come to Detroit to play this Sunday. Now you think, oh, yeah, well, they had to travel to Detroit, and then they traveled back to Buffalo, and now they have to travel here again. Absolutely, that's a lot of travel in a short amount of time. That's that's a negative for them. But there's another part of that, and, and this is something I haven't heard people talking about. Um, one of the things is 
there's the whole thing with a snowstorm and the Bills Mafia is shoveling people's drives and all that kind of thing, right? There's a certain amount of adrenaline, a rush that kind of happens as you do this and as you prep and you get to the, the to the travel because of all the uncertainty and it and and it really tires you out. So they get there, they come back. There's more than just traveling. There was the whole thing and then the community support and everything. You just we we do this at the 24 hour show riz last year you felt it i mean it 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 takes a toll on you beyond what you've done right and it's 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 <laughs> and uh it's 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 something so they've done that and then they have a short turn and another another travel that's going to work against them I mean, they had, you know, you talk about in the playoffs when a team has this big emotional kind of a victory and then they, they come down and they, they're kind of gassed and the next game they come out flat. There's a real potential from that, for that, from the, from, from the Buffalo Bills here. This has been an exhausting kind of a week for them. They'll be coming back to the same place. Uh, they'll be in the same locker room there in the visitor's locker room when they're here. But um, I think that's one of the things that kind of works in the Lions' favor. Um, for yeah. Go ahead. It can't hurt. Uh, you're right. Travel sucks, man. Um, especially when you're traveling a lot like that. Uh, I think back to when I used to do the the Shrine game when it was in St. Pete and then yeah. go to the Senior Bowl. Like the first day at the Senior Bowl, I'm just – I, I need a day in my hotel where I can just like sleep and get my bearings, maybe go have a, a Sugar Rush burger and a couple of beers at the beer garden, and then I'm, then I'm, then I'm good. But like the first day, like, nope. <laughs> Yep. Don't talk to me. Yep. Yep. You were always what you were watching. What was it Rambo? Every time, like Rambo seems every, to be on. Every time I'm at the hotel in Mobile or Mount Pleasant, coincidentally, Rambo was always on and I always watch it, even though it's not a very good movie. <laughs> First Blood, great. Rambo 2. <laughs> So anyway, that's that's the thing, and 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 it'll, I'll tell you. And then the whole thing about travel, like through the snow to get there, you're just at a different level of kind of hyper awareness, a different level of alertness. And it does. I'm not saying it's going to cost them the game. It's just different, and it takes them out of the the, the role, and it adds a little bit of stress. They didn't know if they were going to fly out. There's uncertainty and all the stuff that they had to go work longer. The drive wasn't just the smooth in and out, right? Just adds to. It piles on and creates distractions and creates things that can get in the way. Um, is four in a row expected? Well, three in a row. It's been since 2017 since they had three in a row. Brandon, I know you, you I think you tweeted this. How long has it been since they had five in a row? It was like the 90s, I think. Brandon, I think Brandon tweeted it. He may not be around anymore. I want to say it was 98. I don't remember, though. It wasn't 2008. Um, yeah, no, 98. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it might have been 98. 2011, Pet D says for us. Um, but okay. it's been ages. It's been ages since they've done the the four in a row. Um, not expected. But what if, right? You have that. You have the Lions in a, in a position where they've got Jonah out, which is, is bad. Evan Brown looks that like hurt. he's going to be out. That That's bad. Okuda going to be out. That and Against a guy like Josh. I mean, so you got Stefan Diggs playing Jerry. God, this is such a test. I mean, look, that's if anybody, not a good matchup for Jerry. No, we love Jerry, but that's not that's not the kind of guy that he's going to have a lot of success against. But you say that, and this is the kind of thing that where Jerry will find success because he's not. Jerry's going to hear that. He's going to throw that in my face, and I hope you do, Jerry, because I I deserve that. This is this is the kind of thing where everybody says they they they're out on Jerry. No, Jerry's can't do it, and this is where Jerry always comes shining through and i i hope to see it for him 
I would, does, man. Yeah, he beats the odds, man. He beats the odds. So love to see it. Love nice. to see Jerry do his thing. But we're we're hurting. Let's without Okuda and Jerry will tell you, without Okuda out there, we're we're not as good as we as we are with Okuda out there. So we've got those things working against us. If I think about like some of the keys of the game, the defense, we've done this with Chicago and the Giants. The, the Chicago was a great warm up for the Giants. Was a great warm up for the Bills. We've been now practicing what we have to do against the Bills for a couple of weeks, and with a high level mobile guy like Justin Fields, who's I would say more mobile than Josh Allen is, uh, just by his statistics, right? And it's maybe forced a little bit because of the situation they have, but. Josh Allen has a better arm probably than the three than Justin and then Danny Dimes. I mean, Josh has got the arm mm-hmm. and uh, we're down Okuda. So th- those two teams were probably a good warm up. You've got Singletary out there um, as, as a running back who does a good job. I feel like our defensive line has shown that they can hold up to the run. I feel like we've shown we can hold up to the mobile quarterback and we can still put ourselves in a place for victory. But the arm on Josh Allen is going to be the thing that I think really is the threat to the Lions this week from a defensive standpoint. Yeah, he's 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 a wild card. Um and and Buffalo, I give their coaching staff a lot of credit and I give the team around Josh Allen a lot of credit. They shake off his bad plays better than I ever would, better than I anticipated. And that's one of the reasons why he's become the player that he is an MVP candidate when he wasn't particularly a good quarterback at Wyoming. Um, and was rotten at the Senior Bowl. One of the worst quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl ever. But he he ha- he has that that ability to get his teammates to believe in him and love him and look past the bad because his good is so damn good. Yep. And and that they they give them a a so much credit for the way that they've bought into him and built him up and built around him and cater to what he does well. And they shake off the mistakes. This isn't Zach Wilson out there where, you know, blaming, blaming his receivers for not being where they were supposed to be when he missed like Josh Allen's a stand up dude, man. And he's also has to be a hell of an athlete yep. and like his accuracy, it kind of comes and goes, but man, when he's on, he's, he's, he's got the ability to throw the ball the way Matthew Stafford did. Uh, doesn't always happen, but he's, like if you like the way Matthew Stafford was as an aggressive thrower down the field in the small windows, you're gonna like Josh Allen. Um, and he's 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 tough, man. And mm-hmm. and he's very difficult to sack because he's so physically strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to joke in the draft process that I think he would be an NFL an all pro tight end. <laughs> I still believe he would be an all pro tight end, but he happens to be one of those a quarterback so that's a little bit more important than a tight end, as we. Well, no, as Detroit fans. He doesn't have um, his hands as soft as uh, Hutchinson, I'll tell you that. He probably does not. <laughs> but, yeah, so, and and now being without, your, so Chris Robbins and I had a nice little discussion in the Slack this morning where we agreed that Jonah Jackson was the Lions' best lineman. Uh, and I think if you watch the Lions and specifically focus on the line, Panay's been good, but he's been error-prone. Decker is still Decker. I think he's good Decker. Yeah. Um, and I think I think he's 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 still damn good, but Jonah Jackson has been the best player on the Lions' offense all season. Um, Amon Ra rises up to it. Chris pointed that out. Uh, Chris Robbins, by the way, good job, buddy. Um, but for my money, Jonah Jackson has, is is the most is the Lion most deserving of getting a Pro Bowl berth this year. 
And not having him against the defensive front that has Ed Oliver and other dudes that can play. And Matt Milano at middle linebacker is every single thing that every Lions fan that complains about linebackers wants in a linebacker. They, you want Matt Milano. You want exactly what that guy is. And that's going to be a problem um, when you don't have your best lineman on the field. Yep. And and Frank Frank is still limited. Yep. Uh, it's it's I want it's, it's it's a suboptimal time to to play them. Jonah Jackson mini helmet signed for sale or not for sale, but in the auction starting on Friday. So don't miss their St. Jude auction. It goes live on Friday on black Friday. So it'll be good for you. It'd be nice. Um, I think, uh, yeah, no, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right with, with the, uh, the play of the lions and, and uh, Josh Allen. The one thing we have is his elbow injury. And the thing about that injury, it's, it's the same injury that Dak had in hard knocks the season before. And really, the only way to fix it is to rest it. It's a pitcher's injury. It's from being stronger and throwing harder than your frame is made to do. And it's rest. I didn't. I didn't watch the Bills game yet from the from last week. I hope he threw a ton of passes. I hope he was a passing machine. Tons. He wasn't deep. great. J- Jacoby Brissett had a phenomenal game. I'm, I'm just hoping he was using that arm and using that arm and using that arm so that when we see him. It's a little sore, it's a little off, and it's not quite right because that would help the Lions a great deal. If he could not be accurate with that ball, that'd be great. Thank you. <laughs> Give the ball back once or twice. Yeah. That'd be great. Kirby's out it's, there. It's, it's, it. it's going to take the Lions being plus two in turnovers. It's going to take a, a punt return, a, a blocked field goal, um, blocked extra points, something like that. To, to change the side because if you just go toe to toe with Buffalo, they're they're a better team. Like <laughs> there, there's no shame in that. They're supposed to be a better team. They're the favorites <laughs> of the AFC. Yep. Like there's you've got to do something different that or the Lions have been doing the different things that you need to do to beat them. Can they sustain that? That's one of the things that we're going to see. Um, how good can they be when most people? If doesn't it feel like most people are like, okay, the Lions probably aren't bad. Like maybe, maybe they're good. And maybe, maybe there's that expectation that, okay, man, I, I saw, I, I, so one of the things that I do as, as a writer is I get emails from like odds guys, casinos all the time of the people who have bought the money line on this game. 85% of that money is on the lions. That's absurd to me. Uh, but it shall, wow. it tells you that there's a lot of weird confidence in the Lions. I want to see how they handle that. I because we, quite frankly, Dan Campbell's never been in that situation before. No. I wonder how they will handle that. Yeah. Um, yep. maybe, maybe it will make them rise. Maybe they will fall flat. I as much this, as the, this game's a huge enigma to me. As much as the Giants game was a signature game and a stamp kind of game for the Lions, this one is the stretch goal. This is the one that yes. the Lions Great. walk out Great of here call. with with a win. This is the stretch, and this tells you what this team could be in, in its yep. current iteration, where it could be and how they could turn out the rest of the season. And then you start thinking about we look, we know that we talked six, seven wins. The consensus was like six wins this year. I, like I said, I was at seven. If this team turns in seven wins, eight wins, but has a signature win like this, I mean, the Arizona win last year was one. It was completely out of the blue, though, unexpected to be able to walk in and do it on a three run, a three win run, and then take that fourth win against a team like Buffalo. That just tells you that we have 
a lot of the tools we need. And then it's all about putting the rest of the talent on the roster to take us to the next level. I, again, am not saying that this is a, supposed to be a win and that we should burn this place down because we didn't win. But it's going to be loud on Thursday. We have as good a chance, I think, as pl- playing the Buffalo Bills this week on Thursday that we would have any other day of the season playing this team. This is probably the best shot with all the circumstances surrounding it for the Lions to play the Bills. I agree with you on that. And uh, again, they played in Detroit last week. They got a win in Detroit last week. They didn't play particularly well. The Browns played, well, the Browns' offense was really, really good. Their passing offense. And that gives me hope because Jacoby Brissett and Jared Goff are roughly the same caliber of quarterback. And Jacoby Brissett lit them up, lit them up. And his stats could have been better, but they, they dropped two touchdowns in that, that game. Like they, the, and the Browns passing offense is not sophisticated folks. It's mm-hmm. not like the, the lions can do what the Browns did successfully on offense. And I do think that the lions can run the ball um, although not having Jonah and really that, 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 that hurts a lot, man. But yeah. the, the, the way I look at it is last week, I said that the lions shouldn't, we shouldn't be surprised if the, the lions beat the Giants, but we probably shouldn't expect it. I think this week is a little bit more of that. Like I do think that the lions can win this game and it wouldn't surprise me if they win it, it would surprise me more than, than beating the Giants. So it would surprise me more than beating yeah. uh, who the hell we beat before that Chicago. I yeah, yeah. This this is I, I love I love the idea of a stretch goal. I'm actually going to steal that. I'm going to incorporate that into something that I write uh, because that, that's really good. That, that that that's that's the perfect way to describe this game. I will look towards the offensive side of the ball. Jared Goff. I'm going to say the same thing I said last week. We need 30 points. We need 30 points to beat the Bills. Uh, it, it is what it is, and it has to be that way. Uh, and 30 might not even be a guarantee against the Bills team. They're high powered. When we attack this team. They have an, a line that is just incredible. Their defensive line is, is, is nuts. Their safeties are all very strong, very strong. Their weakest points are at the cornerbacks, the outside corners, and at the middle linebacker. That's, that's where you have to attack. So that smells a little bit like Amon Ra. right? And it, and, it, and it sounds a little bit like Chark and maybe J-Mo if he can get back. I mean, this could be that could be his opportunity. <laughs> you know, could you put him up against it? I mean, you put up, you know, you get a you get a corner whose PFF rating is fifty seven, right? I mean, it's not bad, but there's your opportunity. There's your opportunity. You put those guys out there, and you could really do something. And, yeah. and that's literally the three positions you have to pick on if you're the yeah. offense. If, if you watch what the Browns, Donovan people, we know who Donovan Peoples Jones is. Michigan fans know him very well. Oh yeah, he. He tore them up last week. That like you can get that from DJ Shark. You, yep. you can. Yeah. You can you can get that from DJ Shark. If J Mo plays, you can get that from him. That's there's there's opportunities there to make things happen. But the one of the things that I you guys know I talk about like the, the margin for error and the paths to victory. Buffalo has so many different ways that they yeah. can beat you. Last week their special teams were superlative. They were great. Uh, and like the Lions have been pretty good there too. But you like you, you've got to match them. And it's just you're at, it's asking a lot for a team to go up against a team that went into the season with an over over under win total of 13, and they can still get that. 
yep. if it's not out of the question, they can get that. So yeah, uh, I'm not going to be upset if they lose. I'll be ecstatic if they win. I'm not going to expect them to win, but I will not be surprised if they win. Yeah, it, that's that, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't disagree at all. This is going to be I, I, I just what I'm shooting for right now is a fun game to watch, a competitive game. Um, though that's the the other part of this is the Lions in nationally televised games are, are generally just it's not where their forte has been. They've melted down re- reliably for the last five years in, in the games that they get with it. And that's why they're not get, they didn't get any this year. It's because they're just not been fun football to watch for years Don't when they get those opportunities. Denver. Yeah, well, yeah, but Denver was fun football until this year. I don't think we'll see a whole lot of Denver games next year. Um, <laughs> so I just, I, I just, I, this is one where I would love just from that perspective to see a, a, a good game out of this team. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. It's the Lions. It's Dan Campbell. It's a heck of a challenge, but it's not insurmountable. Um, we just had to see him do it. And, and all the things we talk about, because it's Dan Campbell, it's going to be something different. Something that we're not talking about is going to be this this the story of the game with this Detroit Lions team, and and people saying, "Hey, don't go, don't." Oh, we got Cheffers. Do we have Cheffers this this week? I think so. Oh God. Um. Um. The the. <laughs> Uh, that's that just just we just chase it out of me, bro. In a row, we can't really complain. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, so there you go. We but you just you did we did get calls. We did. We get did. Calls. Isn't that nice? It was weird. I didn't know what to think. <laughs> it was very weird. <laughs> yep, yep. All right, good show. Good show from this team. It goes a long way. Goes a long way for believing in what we have. Even even if they lose, a good show does a lot for the team and for the organization. Again, look at it this way: when they were one and six, if you would have told you, if we told you that they could be four and seven after the one and six start, there's ninety eight percent of us would have raised our hands and said, "Hell yeah, give me that!" Yeah, and we could be there. Yeah, and we could be could be five and six, mm-hmm. and that's. Oh, that's sexy. Well, based on looking at the schedule earlier, we've got four wins that should be happening for the rest of the season. That puts us at eight wins for the season. That is far beyond what people that's- expected. And and I know we always want more, but I think that makes this a swimmingly successful season for the Detroit Lions. This that would just With be all that crazy. they've been through. Yeah. And that's that's putting Dan Campbell from being a guy that a lot of people were thinking is he going to last to getting coach of the year votes. Yeah. And I got money on that. So let's get that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there we are. That's that. Uh, don't forget, like, subscribe, amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com, uh, fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Great ways to help us out. Um, and, and by doing things you were going to do anyway, uh, but please do do the like and subscribe. It means a lot to us with that. We're going to call it a show. Thank you for joining us for the show today. Riz, thank you. Appreciate it. We did a big one, but it's a big week and we got some time before we're doing another one. Uh, don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit lions podcast, $5 a month donation gets you access to the slack. You can still just do a dollar if you want to help us out. That's, that's great. We appreciate it. But, uh, if you give $5, you get access to the most intelligent lions chat on the internet via slack. You'll get an email invite you join and um there's cooking there's booze there's uh home improvement there's so many channels of so much going on experts in all those areas and then the normal lions chat it's one of the greatest group of people you're you'll find uh great really to hang out really with is. and just really spectacular group 
Also, don't forget about St. Jude, stjude.org slash DLP. Help us out. Help us get to that $100,000 mark raised over the last four years now, the fourth annual being this year. we got to get to that $34,500 goal uh, this year. stjude.org slash DLP. Help us get there, please. Help us uh, get sick kids and uh, their families some help and uh, make it a little bit better holiday for them um, at the time when they need it the most. Follow us on Twitter, D-E-T Lions Podcast, D-E-T Lions Podcast, and at Jeff Risden, as you see spelled right below that beautiful face. No, no, not mine. His. Uh, also, <laughs> call us on Skype at Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667, and be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com and subscribe to the podcast. Why would anybody do that, Riz? You hold That's right. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tub, no Patricia, no problems, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and thank you for joining us. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.